2: Westwood One Podcast Network.
3: All
2: right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness.
5: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode today. We've got someone pretty awesome on the show, but before I do that, who's in the room today? We've got Marcus. What's happening? Melody. Hello. We've actually got Axe and Addy. Yay! Got the little ones in here. Well, welcome back to another episode of the show today. We've got Alex Fine. He's a celebrity fitness trainer who's known for working with celebrities like Terry Jacobs, Odell Beckham Jr., Jennifer Aniston, a lot of other cool people. We've also got Justin Pugh, who is an Arizona Cardinal NFL football player, and we're excited to have both. of Pete them asked on the show. me to ask
2: him why uh, why he only trains good looking people.
1: Good looking guys. Good
5: looking guys. Pretty boys. Jennifer Aniston's good looking. That's true. I saw her on TV. Yeah, I
1: didn't know that he worked. The internet out there. says this. Oh, okay, you know it's
5: the internet. I don't know what's what. Yeah, real on I the know internet.
1: for a fact that he worked out with Mark Consuelos, which I think is an awesome guy.
5: Is an awesome guy.
2: Congratulations on the. I they got some awards, didn't they? Good luck on it. Good luck. Congratulations on
5: that. So we can't wait to get to that episode. But before we do that, we've got a Patreon question of the day. Patreon question comes from Mike, who says, "What was your dream car growing up, and what is your dream vehicle now?" Well, I have my Mustang. That's the one I wanted,
2: and uh, my brother and I had a, a, a bet. I'm sorry, I talk like everybody knows that one, right? <laughs> okay, so it was a it was a '67 Shelby Mustang. I, I always wanted one of those. And then my brother always, he always wanted an older truck. So when we were around 11 or 12 years, I can't really remember now, but we had a bet. We're like, okay, from zero to 40 is a training pipeline for us. And throughout, like when we put our money away. So in our family, you go out and you make a million memories and you save a dollar from each, right? And then you go back and you live it out when you, when you turn 40. Or if you meet your wife, then you go that direction. So the, the I won the bet. And so he had, to, he had to get me that car. I thought he was going to get me a keychain or something like that. This joker guy pulled off, man. He got on a TV show uh, overhauling with Chip Foose and all them boys. And uh, Chris Jacobs. Uh, thank you guys again for my Mustang, man. It's just, I look at it every single day. But, uh, yeah, I have a 67 Shelby. Uh, it's a 101. It's a Chip Foose uh, she, uh, Carroll Shelby Mustang built specifically for me. So it's
5: it's kind of like the first 40 years of my life were in iron, <laughs> running around, run around with the Mustangs, right? And, so and, cool. Yep. And it's got the Team Never Quit logo on it. If you guys have not seen it before, look it up. It's
1: Yeah, you can look up the overhauling show with Marcus and Morgan.
3: Yeah,
5: I could believe me, is yeah. that your dream vehicle now, too, even though it was your dream vehicle back then? Or do you still my, have, like, a now dream vehicle? No, I don't have
2: a—you know, my brother and I still have every—we cycled around our another, uh, our other bets. But now it's—I'm um. I'm back. It's funny because now I'm back to the ponies. Yeah. yeah.
1: He wants a, a buckskin horse is what he wants
2: i don't know why that calls to me the way it does but it, you know i i, I do I, i've been That's it's one awesome. i had one the one i came up with was um my first one was i'll never forget man my dad opened up the pens and all these horses and ponies came colts came running in there there must have been 24 of them and we were allowed to pick uh mojo and i got a chance to pick our colt 'cause because you know you know if you're raising kids and they're mustangs put them with some wild mustangs they'll tame them themselves so to speak so we had to raise a horse and that'll teach you some discipline uh, and uh his was fire red. Mine was black. And, I, man, I love that thing. All the way up to the point where Mom sent me away to go to the track and learn how to, learn how to run. Now it's the, the, looking for bucks again. Melanie, do you have a dream car?
1: Uh, I don't have a dream car. I love my car that I have. Um, I think a Tesla would be really cool, but... We live so far out in the country, <laughs> I'm afraid that I would run out of juice. She like, likes old pickups. Yeah, I like old pickups, but I really, I'm not, I'm over, like, spending money on cars and that yeah. kind of stuff. I did that in my younger years, and uh, I like my family mobile that I've got, and I like being able to fit everybody yeah. and fit them comfortably. Um, but no, I don't really have a dream car. Yeah.
2: Don't get me wrong, man. It's good. It feels good to get you. I got my first truck when I got out of the Navy. It was brand new. And I thought I was going to drive it to the grave. And then my, when my kid turned 16, he drove it. And he drove it to the grave. <laughs> he
3: did. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's,
2: kind of the, that's why you keep the elders around. Like, grand, the, the eldest female and the eldest male, they, they're the ones that get the new cars every year. And then you just kind of pass those down in order of age and rank. That way you don't have to go around buying a bunch of new cars. There's one in line for you already. And don't be handing some 16-year-old a brand-new ride. I mean, you want to hand them something to keep them safe. That's why you give them junkers. So they can tear it up. I mean, if they don't try to tear it up, they're going to tear it up. That's the beautiful part about having that junker. Yeah. Especially the more the wealth. If, you're, if you come from a wealthy family, you better. I mean, put them in something that'll humble them. Yeah, you guys. So Axe has a
1: dream car. What's yours, Axe? Why don't you say it in here? Um. You said you wanted a, a Lamborghini. Oh, Axe wants a Lamborghini. Like oh, that's man. real functional.
5: Functional. <gasps> yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I,
2: have, I have a keychain. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely get a keychain on the uh, on the
5: license plate.
1: Addy, what about you? Do you have a dream car?
5: No. I think I'd like a Ford F1, like the original wood bed, old classic Ford F1. I think that's a cool truck. Ford has their their F1 car. Yeah. Now that
2: thing's awesome. Yeah. I mean,
5: that thing is
2: awesome, man. Yeah. That's what it is, right? The F1s? I think so, yeah. Yeah.
1: For the longest time, um, when Marcus and I first got married and immediately had two little ones, I wanted a Sprinter van. Because we were traveling so much for his work. Um, yeah.
2: Okay. That's good. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Because th- they got some good ones. Yeah. has got one It's dimed out so cool. It's, I mean, you, you just want to hang out in there.
1: So I really wanted that because I wanted to be able to take road trips. And Marcus's back was super bad at the time. He had just had surgery. And th- my thought process was we could travel in comfort where he could stretch out and everything. But over the years, we don't. Travel near as much as we used to, and uh it's just not functional anymore. So it's not my. It's, it's, not, it's not
5: the dream it's anymore. It's not my dream
1: anymore. But uh,
5: the dream changes, you know. The
1: dream does change. <laughs> I mean, mine do. What's well, supposed to? I mean, life yeah. evolves yeah. and dreams. Well, change. it's
2: situation. That, that makes sense because it, it, it has to. Because you have your dream. Yep. And then you're supposed to achieve. You live your dream. And That's then right. you Go to the next, next dream. One, right? the yeah. Next, yeah. One, the next one. Next one. You, you know, you dream
5: every night.
1: Right. Well, when you put all them
5: together, you got your life. Yep. Yeah. Mike, thanks for uh, thanks for asking your question. If you want to ask your question, join us on Patreon. We have exclusive access to the show, bonus behind the scenes content, really cool swag. You guys can uh, join us at Patreon.com/slash Team
2: All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. In the screening room today, we got my wife. Hello. We got Andrew.
1: Hey.
6: We got Justin. What's going on, guys? And and Alex. How's it going?
1: So Peter Berg FaceTimed us when you were on your way here, and I asked him what I should ask you, Alex. And he said, why do you only train pretty boys?
7: Okay, that's (laughs) funny that he said that.
2: (laughs) I think I was supposed to ask him that and not say that Pete said that. Yeah. (laughs) So...
7: Pete. That's a sarcasm
2: the ladies miss as opposed to guys. That's, oh yeah, that's one of the deals. If y'all, I mean, y'all yeah. married?
7: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm recently married and just had a baby. But it's oh, congratulations, funny. man! Yeah, Pete was the minister at my wedding. Oh my yeah. gosh! So he got his minister <laughs> license, and we only had my brothers, her brother, and Pete was the minister.
1: Oh, how funny! Don't, yeah,
7: don't duck the question.
6: Now
1: you <laughs> have to tell the story really quickly about Pete wanting to do the paintball.
2: Okay, so we were out on the, um, it was his birthday.
1: Was it his birthday? Or, or it was Jamie,
2: uh, Jamie Foxx's birthday.
1: Somebody's. Yeah.
2: Anyways, uh, he's like, hey, we're going to go play paintball. We're in the city. I mean, and, and I was like, okay. And he's like, hey, call some call some team guys up. So when I first went up there, I I, I was alone, and it was just me and him, and then we were going to go out. So I called up one, my, my best friend, JJ, and I was like, hey, get up here, man. I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he did. He rolled up every time, man. Every, they would send guys up left and right to, to help me get uh-huh. through all that. Uh, and um so it's in the morning and we go down to the paintball field it's pretty cool it's it's in the middle of the city it's a whole looks like a block right it's it's just you can have a mountain and there's all kinds of uh different arenas to play in so it's me there's there's about seven seals that's it (laughs) from all generations from our from all from the vietnam guys uh harry humphreys and, and everybody uh kind of threw out that line and then there was about 15 or 20 uh uh of the Hollywood people, actors, and uh, I remember Art, Art was there, Ari this. was there. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, it was Pete's crew, right? Oh yeah. And they've been around a while. Like you, every you know you see the the Rat Pack, Rat pack the fast fast guys, and everything. Yeah. But then there's a crew that's been there forever. You can tell because there are movies about them when they're kids. So now that they're older, you know that's who kind of keeps. I mean, you can get it wild as hell in Hollywood if you want to. You're supposed to. There are stars. They're supposed to shine bright. Some of them shine so bright they burn out. And then that's how that's supposed to be. But then you got the base ones in there that keep that shit locked tight. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know I mean? so there's, there's like big names in yeah. this. Yeah yeah, okay. yeah, yeah,
2: And we we play all – they split uh, us down the middle, and they separate us, right? And then we, we're, we're playing game after game. And then at the end, they're like, hey, you, know, you can see them over there snickering. Like it was like they're playing a movie, right? Like, <laughs> okay, here's what we're going to do right here. We're going to get these guys. <laughs> it's like, hey, we're going to go against you guys. We want you guys to uh, – team up we're gonna team up it was M-
1: seals against hollywood yeah
2: seals yeah seals oh. against the, the stars right and uh and we one of them had one of the guys had his kid there Junebug. right and he was and he was he's probably seven or eight years old right and the, the game was we had to go all the way to the other side of the field and not only capture the flag we had to capture the kid <laughs> and bring his ass back <laughs> that was that was the game so they get over there and they're stationing up you know and they're, you can see them playing, and they're looking. I mean, just like Hollywood dress, like, no, move that over. <laughs> yeah, they're, script, they're scripting
6: everything. Hey,
2: uh, that's good cover, but you don't look cool. So let's yeah. move you right over <laughs> here. <Yeah.
6: laughs>
2: I mean, they're, they're a lot of fun to hang out with. That's why yeah. you want to go. That's why people go up there. They're, they're a lot of fun. So we're sitting back, and it's just the old. So anytime any SEALs get around each other, you don't have to kind of, if there's no uniforms on or anything like that, you go by age. Because age is seniority, and that is a respect thing. I mean, We all go through the same thing, but if you go through it first, then it was harder, period. It just is, because every time we go through it, we make something better. Mm -hmm. It's not that it's easier. That's not what I said. I just said it was freaking hard, okay? And, um, and man, old Harry called up, man, the formation. He's like, here's what we're going to do. You got it? And I was like, that? Let's rock and roll, baby, man. (laughs) They they blew that whistle, and we blew down that field and came back up there, killed every one of them with headshots (laughs) in under two minutes.
1: (laughs) And got the kid, got back. None of his guy, none of them. We didn't even get
2: a man, they didn't even know we were through there. They didn't
1: get one shot off on them. And some of these Hollywood actors were so pissed that they got hit in the face with the paper.
2: I'm not going to say his name, dude, but he had had this real, I'll never forget this. Because I was kind of standing there being quiet, you know, and everyone's talking smack. You can imagine, dude. I mean, it was, you know, alpha steam running everywhere, right? And then uh, he goes, Hey, man, you guys don't shoot me in my jacket or my face. This thing's like 25 grand, man. You know, I just got it. And I was like, he got my full attention right yeah. there. I was <laughs> like, Roger that, dude. <laughs> so, man, I, he was hiding behind this piece of tin. There was a hole in it about this big. And I, I saw it move. And then, you know, everyone was wearing their cologne. So you could smell yeah. them when they were walking around. And I sit one in there and hit him in the thigh, I think. And he's like, ah, oh, dang it. And then he goes, uh, he didn't say anything. He tried to put his barrel out the end of yeah. the deal. And it, as soon as he moved back, I, boy, I filled him up. I mean, from the face down, bro. Had to.
3: Yeah, I do, yeah. Had to. Had to, man. Had to. You
6: step out there wearing a $25,000 jacket. Yeah, I you got man.
1: I don't think he's ever talked to Marcus after that. We've seen him at places. Yeah. And he always like ducks and turns. And I'm like, are you still butt hurt? You oh, learned
6: a valuable lesson that day. There's a totem pole, and he just didn't know where he was at <laughs> on it. Oh, that's how you figured it out. <laughs> Right there, and oh, there, yeah. right. I mean, because twenty five thousand dollars, I thought somebody's better have some
2: armor in it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mine does, you know what I am talking about? <laughs> and I don't think it costs that much. If you get a twenty five thousand. I would ask, you know, TV, maybe some Kevlar or something.
1: Yeah, it's so funny just to picture him getting shot in the face.
2: Oh.
7: And Pete is the most competitive.
2: <laughs> oh, it was a blast, our... man! I mean, I have never the first time. Well, the first night we went out. This guy, I was kind of like, okay, because up till then, you know, we, he was all business. He did, it was a feeling out process, you know, even, even if I, I was, a, we were assigned to each other. So I'm automatically, it doesn't matter. We're going to get through this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can, we can buck all you want and do all that. But was that your first time out ever out in like the Hollywood atmosphere? First time anywhere under, yeah. out from under the covers. Kind yeah. of, I mean, I was yeah. a team guy, man. I yeah. You know, we venture out, but we don't, not, not what you, when you know what we are. Yeah. That's Except. completely different, right? So uh, I was allowed to have some backup. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we yeah were... so he
1: had his buddies with him. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, I mean, think about that. It's like a platoon of guys that got to go do the Hollywood thing. It was kick-ass. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, because we're a lot of fun to hang out with, too.
1: We want to hear from Alex, and we want to hear your story. If you can just tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. And we can go from there.
7: So, grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and then it was either get a college scholarship or then I was going to go do wildland firefighting, if not. Lucky enough to go to Central Michigan play football there. But in my mind, I was like, I'm going to still do firefighting, all this stuff, move out to California, I want to do wildland. And then, um, basically, when I was a sophomore in college, I blew out both my shoulders, both my elbows, completely screwed me. So, I went out to California to do rehab. They said, send me this doctor, and college won't give you money, especially if you're at central Michigan. It's not like Texas or Oklahoma. Like they're just like, you need to go out here and get rehab. So I was dating this girl at the time and her mom owned a studio in Long Beach in the hood, the spin studio. And they didn't know, but I slept there every night and then woke up at 4am in the closet and would get out and go to work. And when I was in this gym, like rehabbing this huge massive guy with tattoos that yelled all the time he was talking to me he's like you might as well make some money you're broke as shit oh <laughs> he's like you're gonna start training with me i was like oh 100 percent." and i'll send videos to my buddies back home of him just yelling at them calling them like bonbon eating college degree mother ever," oh all this gosh. stuff and they all love it <laughs> and oh then this guy ended up becoming like a huge thing. Like, C- his name's CT Fletcher, and he's like, "I command you to grow." Anyways, he's a big thing in fitness. And I went back to school. I called my mom. I was like, "Listen, I'm not going to the NFL." I was like, "I want to move out to California." I was like, "Give me three months." I was like, "If I don't make it in fitness, I'll go into firefighting, EMT school, whatever." And she was like, "Try to get a degree." Like, you're already in college for free. Try to get a degree. So I changed my major from exercise science to, like, basically sports. So I could get a degree. I wasn't a 4.0 student. And um, my senior year, two weeks before I was supposed to graduate, I was watching American Sniper. This I saw Bradley Cooper got huge for it. And I was like, I wonder who trained this dude. So I stalked all over the internet. I found a yoga instructor in this guy's building. I called her. I was like, listen, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I will give you, like, all the money in my bank account just to give him my resume. (laughs) And she was like, oh, whatever. I didn't think I was going to get it. I get a call from the guy. He's in China or something. He's like, fly out to LA tomorrow. He's like, I want you to interview for me, intern, whatever. So I flew out, borrowed money from my roommate to fly out, didn't tell my parents, and then interviewed for them. And everyone assumed that I was older. I was playing football; I was a lot bigger than I am now. And uh, anyways, I got the job, sold all my stuff back home, and stayed in California. Didn't get my degree, and I started interning and wasn't making any money. I lived in South Central, like Los Angeles, and. So being in, from Ohio, if you spend $300 on rent for an apartment, it's the nicest apartment you can get. Oh, man, that's huge, yeah. Yeah, right. it's like, man, like $300 rent apartment, like you're living What's nice. Yeah. up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you got a chair in there too, man. Oh, man, you, you got Wi-Fi, you got <laughs> the hookup. Yeah. They might have a pool outside in the summer. Not right beside it, but it's yeah. going be down. Oh, it's an above-ground pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might be in the back of some truck bed. But you have a pool. Bed. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to
2: appreciate the five dollars when you got three right exactly kind of that deal if you if you don't appreciate five dollars well get your
7: ass below it and you'll you'll appreciate that a lot more and then so when i saw la i was like six hundred dollars for rent i was like and it's in downtown that's right next to hollywood i had no idea of map i saw la on a postcard and then anyways i lived in south central in this studio apartment First week out there, my tire got shot out. I was wearing the wrong colors. And then (laughs) learned that real quick. And I'd run football camps on the mean side while I was interning for this gang leader in South Central. And he wanted NFL players to come teach Crenshaw High School how to play football and stuff like that. So I was making side money, trying to do whatever. Then this gym, I was sitting in this restaurant, the gym opens up, trains athletes, all these actors and stuff, and I just walked in, and I was like, listen, I was like, I'm, I am I want to work at the gym full-time, do whatever, so they hired me because they fired someone that day. It was just good timing, like success when it meets hard work and opportunity, that's when success happens, and the opportunity hit the right time, and I was able to establish myself with clients basically when I was 21, 22, and this is the wildest dream ever. So like this is all happening in three months. So right around the timeline where I started making like just money to eat, yeah. <laughs> like, I called my mom. I was like, all right, I'm going to stick this out, but I'm also going to apply an EMT school. But I didn't have $1,800 to apply yet. So I was going to keep waiting. And then I left the gym and started my own thing out of a beach motel in Hermosa Beach. And it was cheap rent, whatever. And I would just do in-homes because I didn't have a gym. And I came up. I I didn't go out and party. I wasn't like a twenty two year old kid in L.A. Every money that I got, I invested in myself. Whether it was new equipment or I'll take a class or so. I just I'm not going to invest in something else. I'm going to roll the dice on me and hope that investment works out. And that's what essentially happened. And it grew to where it is now, where basically I opened up a gym in my own house. So. I had this idea where I want to create a wellness place. And I worked with like a company. I told them this idea. I was like, I want to open up a gym in Louisiana. The heart, like down, down in the bayou in the middle of sticks. I want to bring businessmen, whatever, athletes. They all live there. They work out. They train. They don't use their phones. They're on the land like the gator hunt. No one really bought it. I had enough money where I could spend a grand a month on this house. It worked out for four months. And then when it got to summer, no one wanted to be in Louisiana heat. So no. I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm right. going to move it to Los Angeles. I made it my own house. And what then, made you
1: want to go to Louisiana?
7: I like the country. I like, I like dirt bikes. I like horses. So like LA isn't for me. It's just where opportunity is for me right yeah you had to so, go in there to find uh
2: the, clients, the clientele. Right? you know if you put your house back out there and like make it a rite of passage it's like hey you can stand your ass out there in the heat yep. till yeah till i <laughs> let you in
7: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then i'll train you yeah because if you could, and that's why people seek out that kind of thing so yeah. i mean you if you really this? if you, you put something in your house that you can sit on like a couch then mm-hmm. you'll sit on it you put a gym right there and that's all you can sit on in your house man that's all you that's how if you if you can't get committed that like that, that's how you do it. You got to just
7: take everything else that gets in the way of that. Yep. You know what I mean?
1: So wait, you did you did actually do the house in Louisiana? I did
7: for 4 months. So basically I took athletes in the NFL that were messing up, failed drug tests, whatever, called their agents and was like, "You need to send them here. I'm going to whoop them every single day. They're not going to be around party in LA, all this stuff." So it worked out for 4 months. And then I also invested in the people that I was working with. So if I believed that someone like worked hard and they had potential and they didn't have money, I was going to work with them and they'll pay me in the future when they got paid. So that worked with artists, actors, whatever. And it ended up working out. Like one of the kids lived with me on my couch in a one-bedroom apartment from the beginning. He was a dog walker. But he was like, I'm going to be an actor. And I saw how hard he was working. And now this week, he's... Like, this is two years later now. He was just in the movie Bad Boys. And oh my like, God. Yeah. How so, awesome is that? It, everything just came to fruition with the people I surrounded myself with. It was like, if someone wasn't working hard, they're done. Like, if someone bitches and moans about the training, not going to work with them. And um, just created that atmosphere. And what I do is kind of different. So, from 5 a.m. or really 4 a.m. in the morning until 10. All my clients can come during that time. It's I. I don't do anything singular. Like, like a teenage whatever actor can work out with a rapper or a seal, even. And like, I just want hardworking people working out together, pushing themselves, even if they're different.
1: So you you did this for four months in Louisiana.
7: Yeah, moved then- it to Hollywood Hills. Started. I didn't have money for this either. But I was just like, whatever. And I built the gym in this small, tiny garage, and they would live with me. And I started getting a lot of guys out of rehab from hockey. And like, they're the sickest minded people ever. So I was like, they're awesome. I was like, like, these guys are it. Yeah. And I would have, it was like a frat house. This is before I was married, before I had a baby. So it was whatever. NFL players, hockey and a couple of my buddies in the SEALs, and my favorite time ever is when the hockey players that were just getting sober, and the SEALs were working out in the gym. Who was it? It was like, um, these are, the SEALs are, uh-huh. they're, they're new. Like Okay, they're young guys. They're young guys. Okay. These are 24-year-old we wouldn't know cats, yeah. I'm glad they're still acting like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're just, so the, we wouldn't count to any number. It was just like, Here's the number on the board. It could be a thousand push ups, whatever, but you don't count to a thousand. You count when you start getting tired. So we'll do whatever, 100 push ups. If you die out of 100, that's when you start counting to a thousand. Right. And all these guys were like, the NHL guys trying to get sober, they wanted to get punished so bad every morning. So they didn't want to party. And the SEALs, they're on a different level mentality. So it was just puke every single day. Oh. Oh, there was fights. It was the best time ever. And then when got a family, I made sure the next house had a guest house separated from the house (laughs) so they can go out there, have girls, whatever. But every single morning at 5 a.m. we're going to work. Every single afternoon at 2 we're going to work. And at night we're going to work. And I don't care what you do throughout the day, but you're going to come in and do. Like, I'm not, my brain isn't with, Exercise science, kinesiology. I don't write programs. I just like pushing people past their breaking what? point.
1: I, I love that you're that. mixing seals with actors and athletes. So what is, how are people finding you to Everything's to do this? word of
7: mouth. So like they'll tell their buddy like, you got to come here, whatever. And then like an actor will be on a TV show. Then he'll bring the other people from the TV show or the movie.
1: I read that you worked with Mark Consuelos. Is yeah, right? so he
7: was like my first person ever. Someone oh, really? else interning at the gym, everyone was. I worked every single day from open to close, and I, whatever, cleaned the gym, whatever, did everything I could. So when people didn't want to work weekends at the gym, I would open it up Sunday morning, early, whatever. And I was in there. A lot of people never showed up, but I just wanted my own clients. And Mark Consuelo and showed up early, like at 5 a.m. And on a Sunday. And we worked out together, and uh, we've been pretty much close ever since. We
1: love Mark and oh, yeah. Kelly. A great family. yeah. Oh,
7: they're a I great mean, Kids, too, man. You look at them like they're like the perfect family. I I was like, hey, you guys don't have to be. <laughs>
2: yeah, because <laughs> you walk in, and it literally looks like TV. Like, it
7: looks like a TV. That's
2: why I, I said. Mean, I was like, this is picture perfect, dude. Like, kids, so, we're like, walked up, hair part on the side. Well, man, I'm like. What are you, the president we already? I'm mean, we the vacation. president. Oh yeah.
1: So we, um, we had met Mark and Kelly multiple times um, through mutual friends at dinner. And then we were vacationing in Telluride, and they have that house up there. So we uh, met them at their house, and that was the first time we met the kids. We walk in, and they just looked so perfect. And Marcus actually said, he goes, you need to run for president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is like a Saturday night. We're just hanging out. And and he is, this kid is, it's uh, Joaquin, right? Yeah. Oh, he's He's, a good
7: fighter, too. He is so
1: polite. This was many years ago. He's so polite, like, perfectly poised. Just He was just like a You can still have that and be a great fighter, buddy. (laughs) We didn't mean that. (laughs) He was just, that family is awesome. I I remember I climbed
2: climbed into the fireplace.
1: Oh, (laughs) yeah. Marcus, their their fireplace was, um, what do you call it, like backfilling when the the smoke comes in the the living room? The fire is going, and Marcus is crawling in the fireplace to see if the (laughs) um, flue is open or not or whatever. And Kelly and their daughter were like, I don't think you're supposed to be doing that.
2: <laughs> That's what Rednecks are for. That's what I call that because our necks get scratched going up the fireplace.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to worry about him. He's going to do whatever he wants to do.
7: Yeah, man, they're, it was they're great. so
1: funny. But uh, when I read that you had worked with Mark, I just thought that was so uh, awesome. And
7: I love him because he like, he goes balls to the wall every single time. Like, The guy's in crazy shape, but he works for it mm-hmm. and
1: Kelly like, does too oh
7: yeah I haven't worked with her just with Mark and Joaquin a couple uh-huh. times and it's almost like they're too perfect yeah. like, I was like <laughs> what's wrong with you like there has to be something well, I mean like... think about that yeah. so the
2: world that they that he occupies yeah. I mean you, you, you gotta think if you train that hard to look that r- yeah. good on and do what they do on TV I mean they're not I don't think they have character because that's their character yeah <laughs> you know it's what I mean? who so, they after are while, just yeah. freaking in there man and you're like hey uh <clears throat> are you messing with me? Yeah. Like, because like every time I say something, you give me a perfect answer. Yeah. Or if I, like you're like playing, like the, they read the emotions, right? He's like, ah, oh, you want you want me happy?
7: Okay. And, I was like, and it's like, stop doing that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just an awesome family. And I, I loved that you worked with them.
7: Yeah. And, uh, it's funny because Justin was actually one of the first athletes I worked with. And, um, My mentality with training, well, with myself at least, not with other people, is I want to try something that I know that physically is way out of my wheelhouse every single time. Like, I I read a bunch of Bruce Lee stuff about how he tested his body and, like, with everything, fasting, training, everything. So, um, like, for instance, I never ran over a mile. Like, football is always 100 yards, topped out. And then I was like, I saw a video of this bigger guy running a marathon. I was like, if he can run a marathon, I'm like, fuck, I'll run double. And then I didn't train for it. I wore sweatpants shorts and, like, the wrong shoes. Hopped out in Compton and did it for charity, and I, I just said, I'm going to run 50 miles. And You ran through Compton? I ran from Compton to Malibu. Yeah, I bet and- all an ass. <laughs> That's well, why he's starting in you Compton. You stick around, around there. I had... So Compton, they have over 200 horses in it, in Compton. And they had... The guys in Compton, they're like, you know, if you're going to have, like, the sprinter bus in front of you and you're running shirtless through Compton, we're going to ride next to you. So... Yeah. I had yeah. You want to leave you alone? Run through there naked. Yeah, because <laughs> then I'd be like, this white boy's crazy. Crazy. Though,
6: <laughs> He's on something. Yeah.
7: <laughs> so they had two horses running next to me for thirteen miles.
1: How'd she handle oh, it?
7: She was pretty emotional during it, since I broke my ankle a mile thirteen out of the fifteen, oh and then I gosh. tore my hip a mile twenty. So I was screaming literally the whole way, and she's like, "Just end it." And I was like, "No!" Like I told, like I'm finishing the fifty miles. Like there's no way. I was at mile, like, 47, and I finally checked, like, the GoFundMe for the charity, and it was at, like, $300, and I was so pissed. I just started throwing shopping carts out, like, in the oh. street. I was so mad, and then my mom started filming, like, how bad I was struggling, and then it ended up getting to, like, $50,000 to the charity over two miles, so it ended up working out, and, um, but, yeah, I, I really like testing the mental over think the physical. I we donated to that. Thank I think you. we did cuz you.
1: you I didn't know you were doing it until you were po- somebody was posting yeah. but um by the way if you don't follow Alex on Instagram you totally should because it's a super interesting lifestyle but um but I I think that we donated to that um it was for the domestic it abuse was for right for
7: domestic violence charity. Yes. yes. Yeah. So my my mom that was with the Haven shelter during a rough time. And then I always wanted to give back to domestic violence shelter that she was at that helped her. Uh-huh. So I was like, I'm going to so run a awesome. marathon. And then I was like, mm, I'll, I'll double it. Yeah. And that's what happened. But back to like yeah. testing the mental or physical is I was training Justin. We were at his house, had a couple of drinks and then I think someone like recognized him and, talking a bunch of shit like oh whatever you're not shit I was like I could be a pro athlete in less than a year like you're not shit like (laughs) and then he was like all right let's put money on it and do it we put 500 bucks on it went back home to LA I was thinking about sport and I was like I could pair up with like a good volleyball player in a tournament get my pro card easily then I saw bull riding you only needed to get a thousand dollars of winning to apply for a pro card then you get approved or denied and I called this guy who has a ranch up in LA and he trains all of the bull riders call him was like, Hey, um, I saw your stuff. I want to become pro in a year. You think I can do it? And he was like, he's like, all right, sack up, come here tonight. <laughs> Told my girl at the time I was like, Hey, I'm going to be gone for a couple of days and drove up. Was at this ranch and it's all Brazilian dudes and cowboys were sleeping in like bunk beds. They, uh, they they were trying to psych me out of it the next morning. They're like, oh, my buddy just le- lost his left nut last week. Like, I I just, <laughs> this guy lost his leg. You're going to be fucked tomorrow. Like, all this stuff. And then I didn't know the Brazilians, this is their thing, apparently. They drink half a bottle of whiskey, piss in the rest of it, and then they chug it. Ew. Yeah. And they thought it would be, yeah. They thought Gross. it would psych me out. And I was like, no, nope, I'll do it myself. I'm not <laughs> trusting that. So I did it. And then I was tuned up. Tuned in yeah, for the yeah. next morning. Yeah, they're like, we're putting you on this baby bull. To start off with whatever. They didn't tell me anything. I didn't have rope. I was wearing my you know, cowboy boots. You know why they do that? <laughs>
2: so you won't think about. You can't, yeah. If if you have something to think about, you overthink it. Exactly. If, if you're just like because you know it had to be back in the day, right? I wonder if I can ride that
7: motherfucker. So
1: you rode the bull.
7: So yeah, they said it was a baby bull, and it starts. Bucking in the cage, I was like, "God damn it, this isn't no baby bull." Yeah. And then they're like, "Before they open the cage, they're like, like, this is blood sport. Have a good time.'" And then I got thrown off the bull, and they're like, "Run! And there's no, there's no rodeo clown in there." So, yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where do you think that term came from? Yeah, that's what they're testing you out that for. Was,
2: yeah, the first it. stage of being a, a cowboy is the clown. Yeah, <laughs> and if you got one of them suckers who stay in there for a living, he made it past the cowboy. And went uh, back to being teaching the clowns,
7: and that them dudes we know that man uh, man. There's
1: some crazy <laughs> oh, Okay, so what happened? Oh yeah,
7: so I got bucked, and then I got thrown into the cage, chipped my tooth, and like just face was just bashed. And they're like, they're like, all right, they're like, you want to ride again? I'm like, yeah. And then there was a pot with all the Pro Bowl riders. You throw $50 in the pot. Whoever wins the day gets the pot. And the second place gets whatever, their money back. And uh, I ended up riding seven bulls that day, and I got in fourth place out of eight. And then I was like, so do I got a shot? And they're like, yeah, you got a shot. Like, your technique is shit, but you hold on for dear life. (laughs) 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 That is technique. (laughs) I was going to say, that's that's, (laughs) that's, that's, the name of the game.
2: That's what them dudes with the other ones are trying to get. Yeah, Like, I
7: don't give a shit. Oh, yeah, right? I mean, if you're born with that, good you. Need to just get after it. Yeah. So the reason why I was cool with bull riding is like it wasn't a passion. Didn't grow up on a farm, but when I sat on a bull, or when I played football in college, and there was big stands, it I didn't. I never had adrenaline. It was always a, almost like hypnosis where I'd get to the zero level below. Like is almost like meditation. And when I sat on the bull, it was just like, a, like we weren't, I wasn't fighting the bull or nothing. It was like, we we're two energies moving in the same motion. And like, so I was never nervous how big the bull was, how hard it bucked. It was like, I'm going to sit on it. And reality hits when you fall off. And that's every time. So I was always the calmest, whatever, cucumber on the bull every time. <laughs> but, <laughs> and that's what saved me. So oh I ended gosh. up doing like a couple rodeos and it, Didn't get the year, still have to pay him back, but
6: I'm waiting on it. I
7: I ended up getting pro card after three years, and then the PBR is having me do uh, a rodeo like a top 50 in the world as like a guest, whatever, rider. So that's going to be my last, my last rodeo.
1: Oh my gosh, how fun is that? Yeah, Yeah.
7: I mean, when you get up on a Mustang. I mean just think you got a
2: kid that's a wild ass mustang if you put him with a wild they'll tame each other.
7: Yep. You know
2: <laughs> yeah. That's how that's what that And you got to think them ones that were tamed somebody somebody got up on them one time and
1: You should come down. Do we do the Danny Deets Memorial Rodeo down here oh, every year. It's a uh, Memorial Day weekend and it's all in honor of Danny Deets from Operation Red mm-hmm. Wing. His uh widow comes out there's like 20 widows that come out from Virginia Beach. Um, But it's like a huge festival. It's a rodeo, a car show, a barbecue cook-off, all kinds of fun stuff, all in the same day at the same place.
7: Oh, I would love to do that. Yeah,
1: and even the kids, um, I know (laughs) you just have a tiny baby, but as years go by, they do mutton busting on the sheep where you put the kids on the...
7: (laughs) I already tried. I was like, yeah, can she like... I bought after when I was done bull riding. I bought two dirt bikes, big one for me and then a little one. Uh-huh. And she's like, "What the hell's that for?" <laughs> and I was like, "Well, like she's gonna ride eventually, right?" And then she's like, "No." And I was yeah. like, "Well, can she mountain bus?" And she's like, "What is wrong with you?" And I was like, yeah. I was
1: like <laughs> "I'm the one trying to throw my kids on the little on the sheet, but our yeah. kids are just—they have this um, instinct." Like instinctual fear, they know. Okay, that's gonna hurt, and I'm not gonna do it. I'm not ready for that. Our well, it comes with uh,
2: it. like my brother still rides, and she, you know, I, she, I can't mention
1: that name. I don't man, I can't do on, anything. On,
2: on, The only bull I ride is that Toro mower out there. It's red, right? <laughs> so you got a red bull here. That horse and that bull feel every inch of you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, like
2: if you're if you're getting on there to have fun. He, and do it enough times, he'll want to have fun with you. If you get on there thinking you're going to outshow him in front of a fucking arena full of people for a bunch of money, you don't think they know that? They know. I mean, oh. they'll give you a ride, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for sure. And it's got a, it's like give and take. Kind of the way we were built, they, they know that. And if it's the same with the motorcycle. Like, you got a little kid, man, I'd be riding around on a little motorcycle. Otherwise, if he sees daddy riding on a big one, yeah, I can do it, why can't Because there's different sizes of every male, right? That, yeah. They don't know that adult what that means yet we don't grow up fast we just get big fast growing up takes forever you know we never do that either but um every, every day is kind of a learn deal so it's uh it's there's nothing wrong with that it's, that's what it's for any of the stuff that gets you off your feet and your natural norm is testing you in every way and that's
6: that's i mean you can fall down one of those you can fall down anything right
1: so, Justin, you play for the Cardinals.
6: Yeah, I play for the Cardinals right now. I just I just hopped on board two days ago. Alex was like, I'm going out to do this podcast. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> We're
1: glad you're here, but uh. we want to hear if you lived – did you live with Alex?
6: Yeah, so I, I lived out in L.A. and trained there two off-seasons, and I met him at this gym that he was working at. And then ever since then – L.A. isn't for me, so he always like, you got to come out, you got to – but after this two uh, off-seasons out there training with Alex, I uh, – State state in Arizona, but he's he's my guy. Every time I got a question or anything, I always call him. And every time he called me, hey, you want to go to Bogota, Colombia? We're shooting a movie down there. I said, yeah, that's that's out of well, my... Let me
7: think about it. Sure, <laughs> I'll, book, I'll book the flight. Well, like with everything that he's way more scheduled than I am. I'm whatever if it sounds cool, let's do it. So like I'm like. Bogota and he's like well where do you fly in like who's picking us up I was like I don't know yeah meet me there said, <laughs> Pete
6: will have somebody at the airport I'm like I'm flying to Bogota Colombia like,
1: <laughs> by myself know somebody's
6: there <laughs> someone was waiting for me
7: yeah <laughs> I, oh I actually stayed with him in uh, New Jersey at his place for a while during the season uh for a couple of years when he's on the Giants
2: yeah the only thing that'll outrun a text message is this right here you want know, to do something yeah you know, let's do it yeah <laughs> you know what I mean kind of, that's how that's how it works I mean, you can the the reading part is that's easy, man. That's kind of the outline, right? Yeah. But then you, once you get out there and have to run into it, then that's different. Anything you read is not going to look like that. No, right? no. It's, it's not going to look like that.
7: <laughs> no. Plain and simple.
1: So, are you still doing this concept of having people live with you? Yeah, and I am. Them?
7: It's in uh, it's in uh, Malibu right now. Um, we have the guest houses separate. And it's usually, it's not a frat house anymore where it's a bunch of guys. I have them train at the same time, 4 a.m. till 10. But usually only one or two stay with us in the guest house at a time.
2: So do you do the whole, um like I'm into the Karate Kid movie. Have you, went Cobra Kai? have you seen Cobra Kai yet? Yeah. So great, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: He's very into Like, when you were saying Bruce Lee, that's totally Marcus. I'll oh. go all day
2: with you on that one, man. Yeah. I, I came up with something, that's too. That's what... Yeah.
1: Marcus grew up doing karate. That's his specialty. So, he's...
2: So, what I learned, man, with conditioning, you know, he always talked about water. Mm-hmm. I, I follow that old path so much so I, I submerge myself in it. You can't even it- believe what that taught me. <laughs> you know that tune with no sound? That's yep. what being underwater is. Being alive underwater, you can't hear anything,
7: take your senses away from you, so all you have to do is just nothing. See, I can't swim... Like, I was never taught how to swim. I can stay... Like, I go out in the ocean a lot. Sweet, I got a pond back. Yeah, I mean, we go yeah. We'll take care We're of that. that to teach you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so not don't a big tell deal. them that. I, yeah, can tread, could, yeah. I can tread water, but my overhead, I can't... Like, my shoulders have had four replacements. So, like, I can't...
1: My who range was it,
2: of motion... Who wasn't... Fatty, that was it. He was the one that got on the bodyboard. and His big board shoulders and arms got ripped oh, yeah. out. He wrote, went out to Hawaii. He just
1: had shoulder replacement surgery, oh, had God. his both arms in slings, and went and rode the pipeline on the surface.
2: <laughs> out past pipe. Yeah. I mean, it must have been 45 feet. The way was 45 feet.
1: He's got a picture of him. I'm like, that is, it. he's like, if I died, I died. It's okay. And I'm like, no, how is that okay? <laughs> another seal. So
2: the, when it comes to water, just imagine. It's four hundred thousand people when that tsunami rolled in. That water was two feet tall. That's it, two feet. I was a forty-five foot weight gym out there to, to get on so, to something like that. Yeah, yeah. How powerful water? You can't contain it. No, you can hold it. <laughs> you know, you play with it, and if you if you throw it hard enough, it'll hurt. Kind of deal. That that did, man. So, all right, when you got the guys staying out there, are you doing the whole swordsmanship thing? Like you're the, you're the teacher, and they have to clean up everything, keep everything in check. Uh, they. uh... Cause they if you hadn't started yet, you need to. Do, I know, did. You just have to work around here. If you want me to teach you something, you ain't got no money. That's how that happens. <laughs> yeah, you ain't got no money like us. Like we didn't have any. Yeah. You just find the dude. And don't go to his school. That's where everybody has money. They go there. Yeah. You know that, that's how that works. You, if you're broke, the joke you want you want some training. Go to the dude's house. Just stand out there until he gets to know you. If he won't let you in, they say I'll work. Just show me.
1: So they're doing all that. Oh, uh,
7: they. So even if it's if they're staying in the house, they're now they're. Watching the baby while we go get groceries, oh, like they're cleaning the gym every time after someone comes in like everything has to be made like I go down to the guest house and I'm like, why is there shit everywhere <laughs> like can't, yeah. like it has to be like you're living in my space now like this is a world like everything everything's pretty pretty structured in that sense. It's just almost chaos but yeah. structure I chaos. do the whole Miyagi
2: thing. Like, I, I start with, there's an old busted up wood pile behind my barn. And it's usually, a, I have the kids mess it up. And then the first one, I was like, hey, straighten up that wood pile. And then, you, you know, you see them just tossing. It'll be everywhere. And, I, and I'll say, well, does that look like I would do that? How would it be if I did it?
1: So I have to redo the redo whole, whole woodpile. I, I mean, I,
2: I literally had, Alan, he lives here. I had him for three years just running before I even got close to him. And then after that, I, you know, and we.
1: Even Emmett, you had yeah, Emmett doing wanted, stuff. Yeah, he was an
2: introvert it yeah. was always down and kind of arms folded in so I told him I was like hey I'll tell you one time pick your head up you know be proud you got a mama Joe you're proud she gave you life right and anytime I see him around the house man when the women around it's like yes or no sir but when they're gone I'm like hey you little shit you know what I'm talking about and I would slap him in the back of the head dude when we were at dinner one time at this expensive and I, I don't know why, but I instinctually I looked over. He had his head down because he was picking up some food, and I slapped his ass
3: off. <laughs> and his
2: mom was like, "I just came over there. And uh, but, but I started in the gym getting him in shape with the curls, right? Yep. And then you know those old pull-up bars or uh, dip, dip bars? bars yeah. yeah. So instead of a wooden dummy, I have a metal one. And he has to do that kind of wing. And, and the, the curls, I was like, okay, somebody goes to grab you, do a curl real fast. So if you ingrain that muscle doing that, that mechanism, and then they don't think that you're teaching them anything. Right, and if you do it like, and the reason you, you do it for no money because the any craft they get is what they're going after to, to earn that, right? And mm-hmm. they, it just uh, if you just keep giving somebody something all the time, then they forget how to do it. That's what a machine is.
1: And now you're like, the other day I saw him talking to Alan, and he was like, "Hey, give me whatever kind of kick," and Alan was like, "I don't know how to do that," and he's like, but he reworded it to something that he's been making him do, yeah. like working in the yard-wise or whatever, and he's like, oh, that's the same thing? And he's like, yeah, you just have to position you know your body like that. You know what that like is, that. right? You make
2: them work and clean. Oh, yeah. You see how, you see how their body works. And, like, if, they, if they're bending over, like, mm, i like, oh, just motherfucker." all right, fine, I know what I got. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like if, you, if, you, if you can't bend over and do some sit-ups, I'll have you picking up pine straw. Because then you're not thinking, like I said, you're not thinking about it. Right. Then you just got to get it done. Cause you you want something from it, and that's how you. That's well, how you I do
1: love it. that you're doing this. This is totally up our alley. We have kids in and out of here every summer, and I just I love hearing. We do that the other yeah. I, do not, it doesn't matter. We have
2: the, the kids next door, and then the Hollywood kids, and everybody. They kind of and they're a crew now. They keep it, I mean, you, just like I grew up, I still got the same guys. I've been running around them my whole life. I mean, it doesn't matter how far you separate us, we find each other. And if you separate us too far, we found their doppelganger. <laughs> I mean, we gotta find each
6: other. I did. We did the same thing. I got an eight. Me and the same kids since I was six years old. Same friends. Cause that's how
2: kind of that cycle right there is how it works. Yeah. Like you know they'll, they'll throw you on the high side and be like, hey, living life, right? And then the next bird you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's cool. You can't look at it like you're going into the into the into the darkness or into the pits. Cause on the roller coaster ride, that's the best
7: part. That's the best. part. I mean,
2: screaming through the darkness, coming out on the light side, man. It's like, oh wow, that's how that
7: you know this, that's adrenaline. That's why I keep telling everyone, like a lot of these actors, especially in athletes everything's overnight they went from they went from living in studio apartments with their mom whatever to being a superstar and like if they spend too much time being superstars or athletes whatever they forget naturally like where their order is like they're you're not better than me you're not better than the person on the street like you're still gonna work no matter what and it's it's been cool like mixing like the different cultures in i was just like dudes from Miami-Dade County to, like, whatever. And, like, the athletes and the actors, like, who don't know anything about football now, like, love Justin and, like, want to come out to games, and that's, like, a cool part. That's so
1: cool.
3: Offensive
6: linemen aren't, like uh, – we're not, like, receivers and quarterbacks, though, so we're not, like – <laughs> Everybody has a job, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the way it is.
2: So it, do
1: you see this growing into, like, a facility, or do you always want to keep it real No, and have so.
7: It- I, uh, business wise, like I always want to open my gym in LA, like have it that, that way, but it's so saturated where there's so many gyms on every single corner where, and the overhead is so high where I don't want to open something like that there. It, I'm going to keep it in my house. It's going to be different. If you like it, whatever. And yeah, if you don't, have money, if you man, don't you then you to buy another building. Yeah. And then I mean, go you're in the building.
2: If you want it to look like the gym you want to build, that's what you make them do. I mean, that's how that is. It's, the, it's this, because there's always the outline. You know what I'm talking about? And then when people teach it, they teach the outline. Instead of teaching the trick, they learned. You know what I mean? And, that, and, and that's, I mean, th- that's unique, because we're all unique, right? And, and we all are, I mean, a, a, that perfect puzzle, that perfect picture, if you smash it apart, all the pieces are imperfect. And that's for a reason. They have to feed each other and, and take care of each other. So, yeah, I mean, if you're running people in and out of there and it's just kind of like it's so crowded, they'll find something to do. Or they'll find the guy next to him, and you kind of and you watch, right? You yeah. know, whatever. But the minute you take that part away, look at yourself like that. I'm kind of a movie nerd too. It's like yeah. the Jedi guy. Yep. You know, Yoda took his ass out to the middle of nowhere, and eventually one of them found him, just to get kind of get the knowledge to go back out to pass it around.
1: I don't know when he watches all these movies. <laughs> I haven't seen. That's he, what we think of. Dude, he I is mean, such it, a movie first, nerd. I
2: had to get all that? that was, yeah. so I just, watch. I can
7: just watch you, baby. I watch movies every night, like cast goes to bed i'm up like when it comes nighttime and all the work's done my mind just starts going crazy so like i'm up and i'll, I'll watch movies all night long well that's
2: that's what train so in the seal teams they take us, take everything away from us even your identity and then they beat it out of you they, they beat you to your a slave hostage to onto the ground nothing left you, all you're looking is i mean even, you even most of the guys i don't even know their name Mm-hmm. We, you know, just call what they call us, that kind of thing, man. And i it, it was chaos until you start building that back up piece by piece. And it, and, it, and
1: they would use movies as a. That's
2: how we got our identities. Yeah. And then if you if you if you want to be something, if you want it to become a reality, then you just watch it, and then you put it on the walls, right? And then we go into a gun battle, and we'd be all bummed out. I'd put on the like Band of Brothers or something where you're watching our boys kick kick ass. And then I just like, Rawr. you know, I'm talking about. That's what brings you out. If you sit, if you get hurt and go, go watch about movies about dudes getting hurt, and keep watching that movie, then you will absolutely fall into that. The that's what the mind how side of mind works. But if you if you just you know you get your ass busted up and then put Rocky back in, shit. <laughs> <laughs>
7: There's a reason why that movie does so well. Yeah. Thank you, Sly. <laughs> so with the a common thing with the like seals that come into the gym, like I'm so curious with them, like. There's no really common denominator. Like, there's some that are pizza boys in New Jersey. There's some that live with their mom and they're, like, one of my closest friends just graduated. And he, when i known him since we grew up, like, I used to whoop his ass up and down the street. And he was not, like, a tough guy, but he could always take it and always come back. He always come back. So... It was like, I was, ask, yeah, I was asking. Yeah, was was. just keep coming back, dude, yeah.
2: like a rash.
7: Yeah. Hey, what, you sure?
1: There was a guy that trained Marcus um, in the book. They talk about him a little bit, Billy Shelton. And I asked him one time, like, what his overall thought process of was with Marcus. Because he's trained. He still trains kids. Mm-hmm. He's trained kids forever. And he said, Marcus will never quit. He, I can beat his ass. I can tell him that his, I slept with his mama last <laughs> night. He, he got into Marcus's head every day.
2: That's like, pissed me off. And, yeah.
1: and he and he would tell him, don't don't come back, you piece of shit. And Marcus would show up the next day. It was like, no matter what he did mentally or physically to beat him. And he beat the shit out of him from yeah, height, the men, the men, Like, the men- from a young age, oh. and Marcus kept going. I was the worst, dude. He was me
2: out of the gym called Dime Time when I come walking in there. Because I couldn't lift up two tens on the bar. 225 was a huge deal for me.
1: Yeah, and so, but he said the one thing about Marcus is he won't quit. And the more, every SEAL that I meet, I always interrogate them and ask them, like, their childhood story and everything. And the one common denominator out of all of them, because some of them are kids from very affluent families, you know, parents are doctors. Some of them are parents beat the shit out of them. There's, they come from all walks of life. So it's not that you can't narrow it down right. to like, Oh, they're abused. You know, there's not, that isn't it. Some of them come from great families. Some of them come from horrible, horrible families. But the one thing is it, it is a mental thing. They've got the fire in the gut and they will keep coming back no matter what. And it's, it's about, the man standing next to him like they're gonna keep coming back for to save him like whatever it is it's always about that brotherhood and about just taking it taking anything that's thrown to him
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're born young into chaos, into, in, in and the chaos and skinny and broke down, man, that's for a reason. That's because of how dangerous you could be or how bright you can shine, excuse me. Because you keep it ignorant like that, it'll just beat stuff up and it won't do anything. But if you focus it, if it's diamonds are formed through pressure, damn near everything is. So the more pressure you got on it as, at the young age, Imagine what what it's going to turn into. You see that kid over in the corner that can't even look, you know, just waiting for everyone, all the big guys to leave so he can just straighten the gym up? That's how you get strong the first time. You just kind of start straightening the gym up. Watch that, dude. I mean, Billy, the first time he laid me on the bench, I had a curl bar and load was, he's like, You good? And I was like, Yeah, I think I'm good. And then he started just stacking and He goes, here dime time. And just started putting tens on the side of it. And I, he kind of lifted up the one of my arms, man. My, my my literally my arms and legs were the same size. <laughs>
3: right? and, uh,
2: man, I, I had it down like this, and some a couple guys tried to come help me, and Billy's like, you know, like a T-Rex man, just walking around. And he's like, What are you doing, man? And I was looking at him upside down like this. <laughs> I was like, hanging out right now. And he's like, I I was like, I can't lift, man. He's like, man, bitch, I hope you die. <laughs> And walked away.
1: He would say that. And he, left me there. Yeah. <laughs> i like,
2: oh, okay, man.
1: And I think a lot of people write in to us or whatever, to Marcus, and they're like, oh, if um, my son wants to be a seal, can Marcus give him words of encouragement? And deep down, I'm like, if your kid needs words of encouragement to be a seal, he's not going to make it. Like, you, it has to come from within. Yeah. And I mean, yes, have people you look up to, like whether it's Marcus or Bruce, like whoever you look up to, have those people, but you, it, you don't need them to reinforce something. It has to come from within. So your friend that you grew up with, he is, he graduated buds and he's... He
7: graduate, um, he graduates on the 24th this month. Oh, how fun. Yeah. And, um, but working with like just a lot of guys, like Uh a lot of them grew up actually with the Los Angeles Rams. And so when I train some of the Rams guys, they bring their buddies in and it's just, yeah, it's the best time. But the, yeah, the common denominator, like I was trying to figure it out, just what separates in it. And like, what I try to think is like, it's all just self motivation. Like a lot of people and said this before, like, I mean, call out anyone, but like Gary Vee and Tony Robbins, a lot of people pay a lot of money to get inspired by another person to do something great. And like they shouldn't look at them for inspiration. They should look at them like, oh, that's a cool dude. They're doing good stuff, whatever. Yeah. But if you're not, you don't got fire when you wake up to do something great. Like, yeah. like I met really successful plumbers and guys on Wall Street making nothing because they, they don't work hard. So it doesn't matter what you do, it's just like the self motivation of I'm gonna be the greatest at whatever I do in this skill set, whatever. And that's what the cool thing with the SEALs was. was, like, yeah, I was a pizza boy, I wasn't doing shit with my life, but I knew, like I never quit. So I just joined the SEALs and now he's tough ass dude and it gets into a fight every single day, which is the best part.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's I the it. whole deal. That's the like
1: Gawkins, He was yeah. an exterminator. Yeah. yeah.
7: <laughs> Those kind of jobs are there for a
2: reason. Yeah. I mean, you know, the CEOs, man, they didn't work at Pizza Hut. I'm like, yeah, they probably did. Yeah, they probably did. Yeah, right? I mean, they put them kids in there to teach them how to drive. You know, it's like, if you he get kids get parking tickets, off. make them work at the Pizza Hut or something like that. I mean, there's always something to discipline something. You got to think somebody like, we exist, the fighters, mm-hmm. and what we are, because back in the day, some old fool decided not to be a dad. And whatever that was that was coming in there got out of line. So then here we are, you know, the Alva's got to come back, and curb, curb them back into check. That's not the ladies' jobs. That's not their job, right? They're kind of t- nurturing everything like that, keeping in check. That's our job. And if we don't keep our, our males in check, then they, the women will just kind of sit back and then they'll, they'll let everything fall apart.
1: That's not true. I will whoop someone's
2: ass. <laughs> no, I know, but I mean the overall. If like if it just kept, nah, not, I know in this house, baby. I'm talking about. Like, well, that's what that is. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you don't think a woman, you think a woman. Everyone thinks they'll whip your ass with physical strength. That's not how that works, man. That's grace and love is what they are. And the minute them, the minute they start, stop shining, dude, everything just gets dull. <laughs> <laughs> They've done a study over time. What happens when you pull them away from us? Called prison. We separate by color and kill each other just because it's fun. You yeah. put one of them around there. Everybody's like, what "Was it?"
1: <laughs> Speaking of strong women, can we talk about your wife for a second? Yes, we okay, because yeah. I'm such a fan girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you tell us, tell the listeners who your wife is.
7: Uh, she's a singer, actress. Her name is Cassie Fine. Now it was Cassie Ventura. And uh, kidding me? Is it
1: Ventura? Ventura. Uh, yeah.
7: I mean, no uh, one even knows. Ventura, Ventura joke's packed. gonna come out
2: right now because I mean
7: that was hilarious <laughs> to me, <laughs> like a glove. Yeah.
1: Like Ace? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
7: oh, yeah. I want an, If we had a son, that's why I was like, Ace. And she's like, no, that's my nickname in middle school. <laughs> that's what I was like.
2: Okay, yeah. thank you. All right.
1: Yeah, all right, yeah. All
7: right, all right, all right. Like, and she's like, absolutely not. That fly over everybody's head? How but, funny. Oh, uh, yeah. She, How'd you meet her? So we met, actually, about four years ago. We were just at, like, an event. And I was just like, wow, she's, like, the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Two years after, or yeah, like two, three years after that, see her again. Same exact event. And I never go to events. Like, usually stay at home, just chill, saw her again. And I was like, I need to take you out of date. Don't know if you remember me, all this stuff. She was like, I remember you. But she was acting way cooler than I was. I was like, I we have to go out on <laughs> a date. So finally took her out. And uh it was almost instant connection called my brother i was like oh i'm marrying her and marriage wasn't a thought in my mind any point in that time and then uh we got actually got married after like a year and a half being together he was a minister and then we just had the baby and that's like from where i was two years ago for a house to now it's just it's mind just blown. mind yeah. blown mind blown like having the child and like instant family. Yeah, especially a little girl. Like, 100% I thought I was going to be a boy. There was no doubt in my mind. I was like, this is a boy. I'm going to name an SEC quarterback name. Like, oh, I got, <laughs> <hey. yeah. That's laughs> what I, I mean, with parents, Right, like, hey,
2: what can you hook me up with a cool-ass handle? And our kid's like, bravery and ass. Yeah.
7: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was like, he's going to be an SEC quarterback. Like, we're going to move to Texas, whatever. <laughs> and then we had a girl and whole thought process changed. Like, how I was going to raise her, everything. So how I was raised is completely different from how this is going to be. Like, for instance, how you're saying, like, how your dad would whoop you. My mom, when I got in a fight at school, she took me right. We lived in the hood in Cincinnati and she took me right out to this boxing gym called Lord's Boxing Gym.
2: Yeah, there's one in Austin.
7: Oh, yeah. A dollar for the year. that guy. Yeah, man. And it was in the heart of Cincinnati. Had the baddest dudes all from prison. And I was 13. She's like, my son thinks he wants to be a fighter. He's fighting in school. Teach him out of it. So they brought a kid in my age, and I whooped him. And then I was like... (laughs) I was like, like, all right, mom. I was like, bring "Bring in the next one. I was like, getting cocky about it. And then they bring in this guy that was fighting in the Olympics, and he... feathered me up so good the technicians (laughs) yeah that's why they do that i got punched a thousand times in less than a minute and then she's like you still want to be a boxer and i was so stubborn i was like yep next one and i kept going until i got knocked out and then the owner was like sorry like this guy can't. you can't like we can't have a grown man knocking out a 13 year old kid we can't
1: have abuse yeah so
7: and then when I lived with my dad when I was older, we got kicked out of gyms because when we he would have argue with me, he was a smaller guy, but he was a hockey player, a tough Russian dude. We'd go into gyms where they had a mat or a boxing ring. And we had just settle it with hands and we got kicked out of three gyms in our neighborhood because he would break my nose and a bleed everywhere. I would get so mad and like and we I would just leave and there are blood everywhere, so we weren't allowed in like three gyms because we yeah, were just... so you're not
1: raising your daughter like that. Daughter completely
7: <laughs> different. I want her to... Yeah, I like it about yeah. when you... Uh, yeah. In the gym, well, I should say, say, take it outside because mm-hmm. if
2: you're going to do the bull thing, like it's not a... We're, you know, the arena. Yeah. When it goes down, we go up the walls, and you know, yeah. that kind of deal. It's a... Uh, my daughter, but you still
1: I, need to teach her how to fight. Oh, I'm
2: teaching mine to be, oh. be a ninja. Yeah, she'll be an like, uh, she'll know every pickup line, every dude that I ever heard use. So, and guys, like, why would you just like, hey, man, if you're a badass, you'll figure out a way to beat, to outdo me. Yeah. That's what the dogs are for. <laughs> I'm like, if you're slick enough to get past my defense mechanisms,
7: that's then, what... then good
2: on you. Like, the guys that teach martial arts to women, a lot of guys will teach them the throws and everything. That's just kind of that's look at us working out and, and stretching and stuff like that. But there's a few places on a man you teach them to go and it's lights out.
1: He is constantly teaching our daughter if a man comes or even a a teenage boy whatever comes up to you this is where you hit him and it's always like it's places you would never think about hitting a man but he knows it's like at certain ages yeah.
2: at certain it's different different places the kids yeah. are I mean if you slap a kid he'll start crying and run away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but he's like poke him in their eyeballs. Stick your finger up their nose yeah. or whatever. I'm like, what?
7: That's the same way. I, so, a daughter terrified me. Like, it's the most special love I've ever had in my life. But, like, baby to five, that's the easy stage. What terrifies me is living in Los Angeles and like boys. When she gets older, that frightens me more than anything in my life. So, like, I already told Cass. was like Shane, sugar Shane Mosley is at the gym all the time, I was like, you're teaching her hands as soon as she can throw. Oh, yeah.
2: So that's kind of what I was with with Bruce (laughs) Bruce Lee, right? When he talks about movement and and slide hands. So if you look at our ladies, what do they do well when you tangle up with them when you're dancing with them they can move around through a guy like you can't believe they flow it's a flow yeah. state we don't have that we're, we're straight ahead kind of boring through it mm-hmm. and they're finessing through the backsides and the front and around to make sure everything's intact so if you teach a woman to throw a punch that's kind of a that's not really what they do man if you teach them to move out of the way and push out of the way if you spend all your time blocking instead of trying you get hit when you go to throw a punch Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? But moving out of the way, and no one wants to do that because they don't think it looks cool. You know how cool it looks to make a guy look like an idiot you can't get his hand <laughs> when you can't touch him? You guys are proficient. I mean, that's what they do.
1: So our kids are 15 months apart, our little ones, uh-huh. and Axe, like, Axe was five months old. You can put this in perspective when I got pregnant uh-huh. with Addie. Okay? So.
2: <laughs> yeah, ta-da. I like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I told you we was getting hitched.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. Axe and Addie, they're about the same size because they're so close in age. He teaches them how to fight each other. The other night, she was really grumpy. And, um, <laughs> yeah, there is
2: that stage. You know, oh, I can't, girls. Right? <laughs> I mean,
1: even at seven years old or like PMS sometimes. Yeah. And she was really cranky. And Axe cut in front of her at the toilet to pee <laughs> first because he can do it quickly. And she got so so mad at him and I could just see it just in her head like thinking, what am I gonna do? She just reaches over. He's peeing, and on the back of his arm, she pinches that like arm fat oh. right there. Well, he's hanging a
3: wire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he well, wire, he's
1: dude. peeing, and she just pinches the crap out of him, and he's like,
2: "Gonna be afraid, to pee now." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and so, it, when he's done peeing, he jumps behind her and puts her in a chokehold, and she wrestles. Pee all over. <laughs> <laughs> she wrestles around, and she is just hitting him, and he ran off to his bedroom, and I was like, Addie, calm down, and finally she calmed down for a minute, and as soon as I turned my back, she ran into his room and just slapped him <laughs> in the face. I'm like, why are our kids so ruthless? But he teaches them to So oh, you were proud
6: that. You were yeah. mad. You no. Well, here's
2: the <laughs> deal. They won't do that if I, as soon as they feel me in the house. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. If he was right there, they would have never done that. That's, they that's what happens with, that when the bull's around. Because <laughs>
2: number one rule is he's happy. So I'll, every now and again, you know, she'll raise her voice, and if she has, she'll do everything she can. Yeah. The minute I hear, raise her voice. I'll be like, "You say something, hon? and it, it'll be over right there. Like,
3: okay. Yeah, but
2: with, and I tell so with Adelaide. I'm like, "Hey, look, like, no boy's ever allowed to touch you unless you want." Like, later on, there's a few places right now to worry about that. This acts is different than you. Someone. I was like, I'm training him differently, so he he's he's going to take a little bit more pain than you are, so to speak. That's just how that is. Okay. The one rule with the ladies is you don't ever say so and so that boy hit me if he didn't do it because we will automatically attack so if that happens which you know then the ladies are supposed to take care of that cuz it's a it's a give and take privilege the dominion and the protection around them is so violent that if the little ones don't understand that then they can get a lot of people hurt so you you kind of teach them like hey and that the only time i even say like i'm a tough guy like with my daughter i'm like if you get out of line you now Every time I ever spank her, I would just kind of flow over my hands. I yeah. just kind of like the, oh, Yeah, you know, kind of like that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't, you know, what wasn't your daughter, yeah. man. I mean, come
2: on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if she gets too out of line, I'll just start whipping her brother. You know, by the time I'm done with him, she'll be scared to death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with him, he knows, you know, I, I don't ever, out of anger, it's just a lesson, right? And, and the anticipation is usually if you're like, hey, I'm going to whip your ass, go, go in your room till uh, I come get you next week. And then they'll just have to think about it. that's what my dad doing to me. Yeah, I mean you know, it was a mile. Like, every door, like in the middle of the night, you're like, oh my god! And they just never showed up, right? And do it because of that anticipation. Like, man, I got out of line, dude. And if all it takes is a good tune-up, that's it. If you've never understand, you got to think the oldest person. If they get into a situation they've never been in, they're going to react like a child. That's why what you do is so critical and crucial because if you take them out around and what we do, man, someone's always beating on you. And our awareness is completely different. You know, I, I, my eyes were messed up. My at birth for my whole life. I don't, I don't have any depth perception at all. So my dad's like, I'm gonna put some depth in your perception. So I react off pressure. Like when we, when I get into a scrap, I just have to get hit first. That's kind of how I know what was going down. And if I saw my blood, then it was on. That was it. You know, it was game on. The Christmas tree fell on me last year, man. By the time I was done with that some of Oh my gosh. Up. That
1: was not fun in the household. I mean, you talk about
2: that whole, when I was putting one of Adelaide's day beds together and I couldn't put that last little pylon in it. You know, that's a test, right? Always look at your life as a test.
1: My husband does not build things. Yeah,
2: no, I'm not. I ain't no carpenter. No. I, man, look at the chicken house. He didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: Hey, he it's, does sturdy. Not build <laughs> it's
6: got enough nails in it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he, he tried to build no her day bed yeah. and he couldn't, figure out this last piece and I heard just thrashing going on in the bedroom. just we shut the door. We were in a rent house. <laughs> and I opened the door to see what was going on. He had the panel of the daybed, and he was trying to beat the ceiling fan off of the ceiling with it. He was so mad. So I just shut the door and I took the kids. <laughs> they went outside. I'm like, he needs to have Bro, his Bro, I took that bite. thing out and
2: dust started his oh, bed. Yeah. He By the time I was done there, it was... a He pulled destroyed of th- the room. Baby furniture, strollers and everything. It's weak stuff. you know. I, don't, oh. you know, I, I didn't break it that it's bad. Hard. <laughs> <I was
1: kidding>. <laughs> 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 it's hard. I'm just kidding. It's a shit made. Dude. It's oh. hard to put together. Well,
7: I put it together and it makes me so... Just angry because it's like, why don't we just get some hire someone to do this? I was like, No, like, no. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> uh, hey, thank God for IKEA. Oh, I used to
2: be like, This and what that does, man, is, is like that's back in the old days. It's pretty brilliant. Yeah. Right. So if your husband's getting out of line, buy him a a, a the the what are an the Ikea desk. Yeah, but they got names, they have great names. Yeah, like, is yeah. that the Remois? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh, oh, that is so awesome. funny. Well, congratulations on your new baby, and your new you. marriage. For- I know
7: this is the first time I'm actually away from the baby, so Aww. he was Facetiming the whole was making sure.
2: That's good, man. I, yeah. I, I kind of knew what kind of dad I was, man. I in the beginning, you know, I wound up hurting, you know. Like, yeah. and I'm a medic, so I know what they can take, right? <laughs> but you gotta have the finesse too. So, I, um. I mean, Melanie, there's one time the baby's crying all night, and she rolls over, and I'm like, hey, babe, I'll help you. Oh,
1: my gosh. So he <laughs> told me when I was pregnant that um, I'm a Navy SEAL.
2: I'm,
3: I
1: work best at night, and so I'll take night duty and acting all tough or whatever, and I'm like, okay, and mind you, we met and got married and got pregnant. Like, everything happened super quick, so it, we didn't know each other super well, so I'm thinking, oh great, my husband's going to have night duty. And I've had a baby before. I mean, at the time, Hunter was 12. So I've been through all of this. I knew I didn't want to do night duty. And he's like, I got this. Mm-hmm. First night home from the hospital. First.
2: It was tough being at the hospital. I was wore out.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a nap. When
2: yeah, I home. Mean, my <laughs> a little... Hey, watch you go through that. Wore yeah. me out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> First cry acted. I sit up, and I feed him, and he's still kind of, you know, crying a little bit, and I look over at Marcus, and he literally, his eyes are open, and he does a quick, clo- <laughs> quick, tight close, yeah. and rolls over, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, so yeah
2: that happened. Yeah. The next
1: day, he woke up, and he goes, I'm a shitbag husband, I'm sorry, and yeah. I go, and it, by that time, I'd forgotten what happened, he goes, what I said, "Why are you shit bagging? And he goes, "I was totally awake all night. <laughs> every time you open, or every time you woke yeah. up, but I didn't. I didn't. I was too scared. I didn't know well, what to do." Well, I mean,
2: yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm usually <laughs> in the. The reason being, because at night seals, or if we're up, it's because we're hunting. Yeah. No matter what it is, right? We're oh, kind of. So now that I, hey, now it. that home, you know, I mean, I got baby music players. Yeah. My wife's laying the warm bed. Up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why they make it. If they gave us that crap in the field, seal would just be like, "No," because yeah. when we get coddled, we it. we sleep. You know, if there's no nothing going on. We'll lay there and die. He you know? never
1: yeah. did night duty.
2: Oh, uh, I'm Ever. okay. I'm taking notes. I'm right I'm taking notes. <laughs> I, I was laying right there I did. Yeah, I did the night duty. Like I cleaned up the duty. He did
1: clean. And I have to say this for all new husbands out there, he changed every diaper. That if he was home, he was changing diapers.
2: Yeah, I, really. I, I hear guys. Oh, I hear guys all the time. and they're like, I don't do that. I don't do this. I'm like, I do. Everything and my wife doesn't touch somebody else's shit. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, uh, but I mean, like with a kid or anything I like did, that, I mean, but- oh,
2: of course. I didn't mean, I mean, like, I'm talking like dog poop. My wife doesn't do that, not something else, trash. You know, I'm talking like I don't, that's not how that works around here. I'll clean up and because that's I'm used to getting dirty. So then, I mean,
1: <laughs> he cleaned every single diaper,
2: man. I, you know, that's that's how that works. Oh, if like yeah. you pull up the dude, if she's oh. doing that, I mean, because there's there's the guy like us, man, we just what do you want me to do? Hold on, I mean, I'd like, be like. Oh, that kind of deal. I can. (laughs) Because every time I had, I'd be rough with him. You know, I was like, let's see what. Because my GI Joe dolls are like, let's (laughs) see if you can kick. You know, and I'm like, like, look at this sucker. And then. uh,
1: He was really bad about not holding their heads up when they were infants. And I'm like, you have to hold the back of their head. And he's like, well. he looks fine. And I'm like, no, his head cannot yep. be I thought he was just like, I thought he was happy to see you, man. I
3: would be like, got bobblehead balls. And I'm
2: I'm
7: like, like, That's supposed to be like,
2: hey. No, that
1: is not <laughs> Or maybe the that's why they're bobbleheads.
2: Like, if you don't do it, your kid's head will look like that. Oh, yeah.
7: <laughs> yeah. I'm the diaper changing in the middle of the night. And when I'm home, I'm the quickest diaper change. Like, it's almost oh i It's a thing, the right? Oh, it's I thought totally it would be a thing. A competition. What's the record? And the Swaddling oh swad- totally think our baby hates to swaddle though i can't like for really? some reason like but cas is like whenever i'm changing her clothes i'm just like ripping them off and like moving around she's like be more gentle i'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like <clears throat> seems fine like i'm putting her on her legs trying to teach her how to walk she's like it's three weeks old yeah it's like was stop time. throwing it. it's <laughs> like i don't know the timeline yeah. uh, like yeah. when they talk walk yeah like I'm in. It's different for everybody. Oh yeah, I'm trying to teach her uppercuts and like. Oh how er, cute! Yeah, so I'm learning that. that part. Is the diapers? That's
1: in that's the blink why. of an eye. They're gonna be in college, going to national championship.
2: Yeah, I mean that's literally that next <laughs> version of you, right? Yeah. Like you wipe your own ass. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean that, that's you know what that is. People who don't take anybody who doesn't take care of the kids they don't take care of themselves.
3: Mm-hmm. That's just what
2: that is. Plain and simple. The more, you know, all that other stuff, man, somebody else doing their duty, then they shouldn't have a kid. That's what marriage is. That whole concept. And it's nothing, when, with marriage, it's nothing about anybody else or who, what the sex part. That's not it. It's about the, the kid.
3: Because mm-hmm.
2: the most dangerous thing on this planet is an undisciplined human mind. Yeah. And whoever, and if, if somebody else is training somebody else's kid, that's like another animal training another animal. Yeah, just I mean the the genetic in the beginning disposition. So basically, what you've done is you've taken whoever it is that had a hold of them and put them in that other one. And then they're in the beginning, they're like, "Wait a minute, I don't know what in the heck's going on." So the marriage, the contract is to say, "Hey, truthfully, back in the day, they had kids. You you had kids when you were young, and 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 what happened was, is both of you had to raise it, and you fell in love with each other. That was the perpetual contract. I mean, you just because after that, after raising yourselves, you're like, man, let's just stay together. I'm more (laughs) out, baby. (laughs)
1: I don't know." Raised a baby by myself.
2: And I was <laughs> no, young. the mother. Yeah, that's. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying the the whole when it comes to the marriage contracts. When you hear marriage, you're like, oh, life's funny, man, because you, it's designed for you to start at the bottom and climb all the way top, and hang up and hit the bell, and then you want to kind of go back down. That's the fun ride. If you hang up at the top, you you kind of lose respect, and that's why the generations it takes one to build it and they usually crawl. And then collapse, it's because the, they, didn't, they started to enjoy all the benefits and not pass down what's the true benefit, uh, and that's the education behind it. You don't have to go to a schoolhouse. I mean, if, if, if your parents are successful, truthfully, they can train you. I mean, it, things switch and go, and then you get that wild bull who likes to buck, and he's the one that goes out of house, goes and, and picks up something else. Is that you? Yeah, but I always came back <laughs> home. I'm more like a, yeah, I got a base camp. You know, you got those long riders. Imagine the truckers and, and guy and your buddies who like to drive long distance. Those are the long riders back in the day. They don't the want get up on a pony and go. The fishermen, those offshore fishermen. I mean, those are the yeah, ad, you know, the the adventurers.
1: So sorry, we've been talking your head off this whole time. Do you want to talk about your gym that you're opening in Dallas? Oh
7: yeah. So with the LA thing, it wasn't the right space or anything like that. And uh Basically I want to recreate the same thing of almost a house and have a whole gym space in it, but I want to still keep it different. So it's going to have the turf and it for the athletes. So I actually got, what's what's cool is that the people I train all are investing in the gym and taking part ownership in it. So we're building a gym in Dallas where like a couple of the Cowboys and Actors from Dallas, they want to open it up there. But it's the same house material, like where it's the workout is pretty simple. Like everything I do is almost like a prison workout. Like I don't care if you press 300 pounds, like you need to control your body weight first. What you can do with your body is everything. Like if you can squat 700 pounds, cool. But if you can't do a squat jump, then what, what's your use? And so the gym is almost pretty basic. It's super nice on the inside and then I want to bring in um basically scientists and people that are different um to instruct people on like their mind or alter- alternative things to heal their body and their brain like I've had probably 10 concussions and broke my face a couple times yeah that's just kind of putting it back in just, yeah, just yeah, yeah, it, go a, a lot so. of noodles around yeah, yeah, so yeah yeah right it's yeah. Like, right
3: <laughs>
2: So I wanna
7: bring in different people to that are kinda of like off the book, whatever, and make this kind of environment where people hang Have out. Have you been
1: at, to the um the brain center in Dallas? I haven't. That's so his twin brothers, where he should be here for this. Um He's the brain man. He's the brain man. He he worked he went to school for
2: he's probably the foremost expert on brain science and
1: yeah. He went to school for brain science. After the SEAL teams, he got his master's in neurocognitive. Yeah, he had
2: studied how to fix me. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, like I and was then, jacked up. But
1: he worked at the Brain Center in Dallas, and apparently there's it's a really good facility.
2: I was just thinking about back in the day when houses were built real big, just like the... You started with a log cabin. Probably a tent, right? And then mm-hmm. you built into a log cabin. It's kind of like the space station. Right now it's a log cabin. Eventually it'll be a hotel and then a city. When you build that gym, it's usually by yourself. So you build something that's kind of small, and then somebody comes in. They start. You do the mentor program. Well, they build themselves a room. I'm like, you, that's what you're training, you guys do. It's like you want me to. You want to be remembered in here and, tra- and pass down the next kid. You build your room in here, so we'll remember you. And you're the you're the center pin, right? Yep. You kind of sit there and you train them. And then when they, they come in, I mean, literally, you know, you, can you do one pull up at the gate? All right. Once you get one pull up, then you run a mile in here, see what you find. Once you get past that, you keep working your way back, right? Yep. For the young ones. I don't know if something crazy back there. Everybody comes out of there, you know, (laughs) hard as nails. I I started a program for the kids, and if they go through the entire life, it's a life thing. Start when you're young, right? You know, get T and Q behind your name, Mm -hmm. and like, man, your team never quit. Qualified, just you can go do. You see one of them walking around, pick them up, right? I mean, who else? That's what we're supposed to do. Uh, Education just doesn't come from a certified teacher in in the in the schoolhouses. That's what those are certified to do. And you don't need the diploma on a deal is is the first part of it. But those scars are the other ones, man. That chip teeth, like, hey, man, I wrangled with a freaking bull. Let me yeah. Tell me that story and tell me the uh, what I shouldn't do. You know right. what I mean? It's kinda like, All right, if you're walking around, and you see this, don't do that because it'll, man, you'll go for this ride. And some of them guys will go like they're supposed to, and then the other ones are supposed to go in there and experience it so they can pass it down. Because everything evolves. It's kind of like with the police department in the streets. You know, you make our cops softer, the streets get harder. That's why they're the streets, man. First time you get
7: hit in the face, see your blood, you think you're dying.
1: Are you going to um, open this like to the public, or is it going to be word yeah. of mouth still?
7: Uh, it's going to be open to the public. So what I'm doing is doing um, Dallas, Vancouver, New Orleans, and I'm partnering with New Orleans Boxing Club.
2: You know what you ought to do, man, is you ought to tell them where they're at in the city, but don't tell them exactly where. Yeah. <laughs> and and, that, and that's it. how you start <laughs> your word of mouth. Yeah. So it's and, actually and a t- great and, idea. And, <laughs> yeah. Anybody who knows has the card with the address from the place. And when you run across somebody who you think is worthy enough to go through, or one of your students is worthy enough to actually see you, make a coin. Oh yeah, you know I'm talking about like somebody walking around the coin and they see some kid. You he know, always like, has
1: clever scavenger. Put the hunt coin in the door. That's what opens. That's it. What yeah. It's yeah. All about. yeah, I mean I, I got
2: treasure maps going every, yeah. every time. She, here's the thing, man. Wife loves going on vacations. I love going on treasure hunts. So I take stuff and drop it. Off. I mean I got stuff. Barry's so thing. I mean at the Coliseum in Rome. <laughs> so when I die, I my kids, man, you want to find some treasure? I got plant it planted everywhere. That's the
7: coolest, or, yeah, the coolest thing ever. Yeah,
2: that's
7: thing. He
1: even has our oldest, Hunter. He. Just got back from Thailand. He's always traveling around the world, and he had him bury things in Budapest, Everywhere, in Thailand, in uh, Paris, all all through Germany. Yep. In um, Hunter, he takes a screenshot of the coordinates on his um, on his GPS mm-hmm. on his phone, so we know the exact coordinates of where it is, and he writes it in his treasure map.
2: I tell you what, you your proteges, you train yeah. if they're qualified because you are. That's what this is. This kind of an interview for Team Never Quit. You, you, you made it, right? <laughs> Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. I mean, I, we love what you do, yeah. man. Otherwise, you wouldn't, I mean, coming through the gate, I don't just there's anybody back here, you know, you, we, you,
1: m- we do most of They call this place Valhalla for a reason. <laughs> yeah.
2: it's, it's warrior heaven. I mean, that's where you get beat to death and nothing left, and you still gave everything you got to everybody else but yourself. And you made yourself better to help everybody around you. And the only way you could do that was to have nothing. And sometimes, you know, those of us in the family, we've got to learn our lessons the hard way. And that's what that is, because if it gave it to you easily, man, you wouldn't respect it. You wouldn't have any idea what was going on. You just kind of do what the guy next to you did. But if you strip that away, then you really find out what you are, how bright your feathers are, man. And if you, you know, you get one of them guys that are good enough to come this way, you hand him one of those coins, and and it starts from there. You know, you got your coin in the backpack. Show me what you. I gave you everything you got to build a, a, an empire. Why, why don't you go do something with it? You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. how you
1: train your guy. That would be a cool thing be... to do in one of the cities or something. Uh,
2: would, yeah. be Under a... the city.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you go <laughs> find out down there, yeah. bro, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's Bunch got a of ninja Turtles.
7: Every island on top of a glacier.
1: So how can our listeners find the gym?
7: Uh, so it's gonna, it's actually going to be named after my charity. It's called Almost Home. And it, Almost Home, I write about in Sun Tzu Art of War. Oh, dude, everybody should, read, man, everybody should read that one. <laughs> right. There's and, a reason why that dude exists, too. Exactly. And, I mean, this dude gave you the blueprint to mentality everything, down to a T. And it's just how, however you interpret it. So, almost home goes to a different interpretation for everything. But, basically, if you have a mindset, whether it's in battle, whether it's in work, whatever, that you're almost home, like you're going to kill everything in sight just to get home, then... Even when you get home, you're almost home. So you're never easy. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like Buds every day. Yep. Buds daily, right? So
1: that's the name of the gym.
7: That's the name of the gym, name of the charity, almost home. It's not settling. It's just the mentality right. of doing anything you possibly can to get home.
1: Do you have an Instagram for it? or Not yet. So okay, I right.
7: actually partnered with uh, the water company. It's a CBD water company called Hemp Hydrate. And they do like, I found them after a couple of my surgeries and tried everything they had a cbd roll on and water I started drinking it helped with my arthritis so partnered with them on it and um this multivitamin from a system and they're gonna help me whatever invest and fund it um but the instagram's not set we're at me and justin are actually going to dallas tomorrow to finalize location and then everything from there going to get set up pretty quickly
1: how fun yeah. so are you in on it too
7: I'm, I'm working
6: on it. I've I've been in the NFL for going on eight years now, so I'm trying to like use some of the things I've seen and working with people. Cause so I came in and I had no money, and then it was yeah got, was lucky enough to get drafted.
7: So I'm just trying to help him and give him some advice. He's probably the smartest dude with his money, which kind of infuriates me. I'm like, yo, just trust me. Like this is gonna work out. Uh, give me. I was like, hey, he's
3: I'm,
2: like, now I'm so like, not see man, the I'll numbers. Like half my paycheck away, starting when I was 17. Like I just walked in I couldn't touch it. I spent my whole life half my paycheck was always into this account no credit card no because che- it was kind of like your treasure chest at the end of it mm-hmm, yep.
3: yeah and, and if I met he my saved. wife
2: it was going to go on her finger and we'd start over together or you know I was going to go back to do something else with it
6: everyone wants that box everyone wants
7: to have this their is box
1: half have of it box his, right there that's all this this of it right is literally there. half of everything he earned his whole life until I it gave it me. To her
7: that's so that's there was the other half i had to live on <laughs> I didn't have anything it, actually yeah. all of it was for her different generation type thing but they they have an app where it takes out a certain amount of money every week and i had two things on it one was savings like i never had a credit card just got one literally last week because i'm trying to buy a house like mm-hmm. but my dad was always you're gonna put your money under your bed you're gonna save it you're gonna pay yeah. everything in cash whatever super like
3: old school. old school yeah. drug
7: dealer mentality <laughs> so i never owned a credit card and i was like I can't pay for this house in cash. They're like, no, you have to have credit. So that just started. But I had this app where it would save towards a wedding ring and a house. So when I finally proposed, when I knew that I could buy the ring, that from the fit, app. Yeah. From oh the my app. gosh, that
1: is so cool. So I,
7: once it hit the number, then I proposed. I love in, that. In the beginning, you yeah. kind of put it away in the,
2: in the hospice, like in the, in case you live. Like, yeah, I mean, you're going. The trick is going out to make a million memories and save a dollar from each, right? So, in, just in case I live to be old, I know I'm going to be in pain. I didn't plan on coming back. We, I got issued. I was going to slide in sideways. Like, I don't even know where my damn, <laughs> where that part is. You know what I'm talking <laughs> <I know>. about? <laughs> and then, if, it, if you have the cat, like the, the whole gangster mentality, you have cash on you, and that's because the life we live, man, you know, I, I don't want to have that much cash on me because I don't want to go on the ground in debt. You know, yep. So, I got to pay that off. So, it's. Yeah. and then if you get to that point it's all for that if you yep. literally don't care about anything and the money part that that's a that doesn't even really exist man it's we'll make it the currency is this yeah i mean everybody makes that money to get the respect to get what comes with it i mean take it away from them they're nothing that's why a lot of them young you're not supposed to be rich when you're young
1: because mm-hmm. yeah.
2: rich is life earn that
1: respect yeah because they're
2: taking money away then what are you Here's the big deal. Day. You take it away from them when, after a long time, of, especially if you've if you been bad about it. Like if you just blow it in everybody's face and show how rich you are. and But think about that. So make sure the respect you carry is your own because if somebody else loses it, then you will too if it's, if it's not yours. I mean, kind of write your own story. I think before you came down here, you wrote it all out. It wouldn't want to be easy, right? Not for the hardest of among us.
7: That's, yeah, exactly. And especially with money is never equated to happiness or success, whatever. It's always my everyone's happiness different and mine would be freedom so like freedom to do whatever I want that sometimes comes with money so like if I want to call up Justin like let's go to Bogota money is going to help me get a plane ticket and that's the freedom (laughs) of doing that so like yeah that that's always like in the in the back Background, the work comes first, but well, what you love, and that's the
2: thing. It's like, do you have, man? We got yachts and boats. I was like, no, man, I got buddies that got them. Yeah, (laughs) 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 because one guy, you can tell he's probably if he's always on that thing, he's always he's a sailor, right? you you want a guy like from every crew. Exactly. If, friend, if you live in a country, get you a city friend, and I mean, and find every personality.
1: I think he does. He's got cowboy friends. Yeah, in Compton. I mean, you know what I'm talking about,
2: men. right? Oh, yeah, that, that's all how that works. And each one of them has a strength as you have as a weakness. Exactly. So when you put them all together, those are the guys, man. You see those crews? You know they they don't 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 mess with them. For like a pack, right? Yeah. And they have no matter what go they just live for the ride. Like when my friends and I are together, they all have expensive cars now, man. But we'd take them, tear them up. It's like throwing on expensive body armor. Let's see yeah. we see what, <laughs> <see laughs> what this thing do,
1: man. <laughs> you got insurance i yeah. I'm gonna tear the wheels off of this
2: yeah there's that too so <laughs> and that's the reason they look man my wife's I got a unicorn right here okay so they know when to send this off back to the boys one they want that they want a little buck in you too if they break it too much then they'll go wondering for another Mustang so if they see that you get that and I mean you go to those places when you don't have to apologize in the morning they send our asses to the middle of nowhere. You know, man, you couldn't hear if a bomb went off. <laughs> and we just have the best time And I until we get out of our system. I mean, the, the most civilized... Just doctorate lawyers, you name it across the board. Guys that are more in that profession of calmness, like if, oh. if it's a freak out thing and they're the calm ones, trust me on the back end. Them dudes, if you
6: see them, then leave them alone. Yeah. They got they got to bottle it up for so yeah. long. Yeah, I you know, mean I, I don't care what, what they loose. look like. I mean you
1: would like the, the best <laughs> gift I ever bought him was um, for Father's Day one year. I had I ran out of ideas. Like the first couple of years we were married, I tried. He's not a materialistic person, so he doesn't care about like. Fancy clothes or fancy shoes or anything like that. So I couldn't... I didn't know what to get him. Um, so <laughs> I bought four piece of shit best
2: there.
1: cars for like 200 bucks a piece. And I let him... So I, me
2: and my friends could go tear him up. So
1: they could go <laughs> tear him up, like jump... <laughs> How cool is that? That's,
7: that's the best gift. I mean, we
1: have gift. pictures all over one of us It was the best <laughs> gift ever because... It, it was a thing for him and his friends to do. It was like a, a dream from like a TV show Let how or smart something. this
2: woman is, man. Okay. Do you know what your husband is? Like he likes to get beat up and bloody and, and this, that, and the other. She broke, she she like tamed me. She didn't break me, right? Yeah. So She kind of figured, she would buy me stuff in the beginning that I would just look at, you know, and I want to look at her. Yeah. But that lawn equipment... And oh, I all got the blades and everything, like that—that tore that, that, that mower out there. It's like, hey, I, oh, I'm going God. back there to try and outwork that bull. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump on that some bitch's back and right. She has to bring me off of it because I'm like, get you
6: <laughs> know
1: He'll mow all damn day.
6: Yeah, I got, a, I got a leaf blower and a power washer for
1: Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> best ever. I mean, I was like, it's the best yeah. Gift. And then
6: she moves me into the
2: kitchen. She's like, you know, I was cooking. In there. Oh, I am in knives. there knives. i kinda of look around, oh, man. I was like, wait a minute. There's freaking knives everywhere. I mean, I throw at the. I don't do this, you know. But I mean, I was like, what, whatever. And I get to play with fire.
1: So now he cooks. So if I mean, he dudes moves. ever
2: figure out that the being in the house is the easy part, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just is, man. I was like, but I, I tell you what, I've never... I got a whole new... There's a reason why you do that. Like, in the beginning, if you're not interested in something, it's not time. It means you have to learn another component to under, to appreciate the backside. And if you don't do that, you'll never truly enjoy the whole ride. So when I got in in there, man, I, I, I could do dude food, you know, cook and stuff like that. But I Oh, no. Uh, he
1: does, like, chef food. Like... A uh, halibut with a white wine reduction over roasted kale or whatever. Like he, it looks like a five star restaurant. But we've been married for over nine years, and this just started. Yeah, like it took six me a while to get you know,
7: get the hang of it, man. Did I, you learn this like recently, uh, or are you knew? Oh, He's yeah. A
1: YouTube. He watches everything on YouTube. Best teacher ever.
7: It's the best teacher of all time. I mean, you don't need to go anywhere. You just that's that that, that, my,
2: that I look like this is the window into our universe. If I want to see something, what somebody's doing, I'll just turn it on and, and watch them.
1: He's got this... He has like a couple of different YouTube I call them my officers.
2: Yeah. <laughs> whatever she... Whatever... That's yeah. how I do it. Yeah. I mean, like when I put my that apron on, I was like... Everybody kind of makes fun. I was like, man, it's like body armor. One I of them... I carry knives in all kinds
1: <laughs> of stuff. It's so funny. He's a gay Jew. And yeah. he... Uh, he's
2: great, dude. Cook.
1: Yeah, he can cook. His, everything is amazing, but he's very sexual in yeah. his talk. And so he'll be like all right, grab those sausages. that I like the real big ones, and grab them tight. And Marcus is like, shut the fuck up, Jeffrey.
2: Fuck. I like, then, yeah, pull out one of those big old
6: uh, breakfasts. I was like, got it!
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so funny yeah, watching not... him cook.
6: We did, we did talk to Pete earlier today, and he told us something about a feeding. Yeah. So
1: yeah. he does, he, Marcus... Used to, once he started cooking, he stopped doing the feedings, which Pete ha- hasn't been here since that happened. But
2: um, yeah, they're little, well. You know, i mean, kind of like a predator. It's very yeah.
1: weird. He <laughs> in the middle of the night, he'll go to bed. We go to bed together, and then he'll get up like a zombie. Like he'll just sit up in bed and sit there for a minute. I think with your eyes closed, and then walks the to force. the force. Yeah, walks to the kitchen like a zombie, and. Pulls everything out of the refrigerator, whatever's cooked. It could be a cooked steak that was left over with um, a cherry pie and, yeah, sushi or whatever. Like, whatever's in there, and he puts it in a bowl... And he'll put chocolate syrup on it and honey mustard. That's what he really wants Oh yeah, That's, mustard that's what he really want to do. I just and I have know. a steak
2: and the cereal with some milk, some <laughs> cocoa puffs.
1: I'm telling you, it's the weirdest combination. And when people spend the night,
2: that's why I don't let anybody out. Or I don't eat in public. I'm kind of picking at it, but
1: well, that's why we don't stay at anybody's houses because <laughs> the shit he pulls out of their fridge and they come in the next day and it's just it's all gone and it's the kitchen's a mess. I mean, uh, well, but it's. So funny, like the
2: his... people think they eat a lot. No,
1: this hard. is this isn't just a bowl. This is.
2: I mean, two boxes of cereal.
1: This is a uh, lot of fucking four or five
2: steaks. So basically, I was trained this way. I mean, you got
1: no I got other a predator, seal a that I know. Does I got it. my
2: eyes closed. It's dark. And I, I you know put the women and children in bed and go looking for dinner. Yep. You understand? So when I, it's like it, when as soon as that thing opens up, I, I can't believe it's like it's awesome to stare. At. I didn't have that growing up. You know, the refrigerator, I kind of look at that, and my eyes are closed, and then I start smelling. And it's just a, it's a predator feed.
1: It's a, it's a feed. And so then I, we, call, we call it the just feeding. Like, that's
2: why I, I eat, and I, I pass out just like a predator. <laughs> now I wake up. I'm not hungry during the day. I go 900 miles an hour, dude. But I can only eat one. There's times in, in what I did. You know, the guys I ran around with hard as they come. But There's,
1: none of them eat like that. And
2: yeah, that's a little weird. But hey, they're <laughs> all different. You gotta have your well, differences. It, it's when it's people like a spend lion. the night, especially
1: yeah. Emmett stayed here for so long, Emmett would little... just stay up and he'd watch it and he'd <laughs> video it and send it to his dad because it's such a bizarre thing. I have one girlfriend that's a vegan and she watched him and she was like, Holy shit. I was shit.
2: like, hey, I was like, are you uh, was, She
1: goes, how is he eating that much food? Because it was such an enormous amount. Well, I didn't realize she was timing it. And at about an hour and 40 minutes, she goes, he has been shoveling food <laughs> in his mouth for almost two
3: hours. You know,
2: the high octane engines take a lot of fuel, man. 100%. 100%. Right? I mean, 100%. It, yeah. It, it, uh,
1: it's the craziest thing to see.
2: It's just like a... You kind of got to equate it to this. So if you ever wonder when you're growing up and got the mascots to your high schools, I, it's kind of like you fit in well around a bunch of cats or lions. And stuff like that. I was, a, I was a bear cat and a wild cat my what whole life. What is a bear so cat? Nobody knows, but they're terrifying.
1: <laughs>
2: Orange and white, apparently. Yeah, You know what I mean? It's yeah. a cross between a bear and a cat back in the day. decided to hook up. Man, it just got Western from there. I mean, bear strength, wild cat attitude. You can you can only keep them dudes in a couple spots. Yeah, They go buck-ass crazy. So I mean... We need to I do, but I'll I make sure everybody's down. She's in bed, and as soon as I, as soon as she's safe, as soon as everything's safe, I go prowling around. I it's, mean, I go outside. It, it and, truly
1: is a feeding, and it has become a tourist attraction for quite, our overnighters. Um, I didn't know that. To sit, there. <laughs> to sit there and watch it. Uh, the only rule is you can't go in the kitchen when he's doing it.
2: Oh, t- somebody's over here one time, man. Because when I cook, I usually I, I pull the plates and watch everybody kind of. You know, y'all done? You done? Don't throw it away. Yeah, just got to leave it around. He's very man.
1: possessive over his feeding. It's like
2: a bowl, yeah, a dog bowl, right? So that's what it all
3: is. It's,
6: it's Just yeah. making noises, yeah,
2: too. So
1: one time, my one of my girlfriends, I was out of town and she was staying here, and she ate out of his bowl, and he texted me, and he said, all it said was. She has to go. And, <laughs> and I called him and I'm like, What's wrong? And he goes, She ate out of my fucking bowl. <laughs> and I was
2: like Hey look, the only thing the, the dad gets around here is a big piece of chicken. Big chicken char- you know.
1: Why, in my head, I'm thinking, who has the balls to eat out of his bowl? Yeah. I don't eat out yeah. of this bowl. <laughs> and yeah, she had to go after that. But I'm like, who does that? Oh my gosh. Okay. So to plug anything you've got going on, you, your Instagram handle is?
7: Alex Fine 44 And yours? JustinPugh67.
1: P-U-G-H.
7: P-U-G-H, yeah.
1: And your business that you're starting is almost home. It's almost
7: home. It's also a charity. Half of the money goes to domestic violence shelters, and then half goes to um, the Compton Cowboys, actually. They run a gang prevention program. So they bring in kids from the street, teach them how to shoot horses, ride horses. Yeah. Bring them out to Lady J. I know. Yeah. Love that. That's It's a awesome. great, great thing, and they're in the heart of Compton. And so money splits between the domestic violence shelter and the cowboys
1: very cool and the hemp hydrate
7: yeah hemp hydrate just something that really helped uh me out with injuries so i uh invested in them and uh i believe in it a lot it's better than drinking fiji water or anything like that yeah. it has a purpose so
1: awesome well thanks for coming
0: on Yeah, brother. thank
7: you thank you, you for you having me. us you guys.
2: yeah great i enjoyed All that right.
5: All right, guys, it's that time for another listener story. Today's listener story comes from Mackenzie Mercer, and Mackenzie writes, As a 16-year-old girl growing up in this amazing next generation, it's kind of hard to find yourself. My life was changed by a Marine Corps recruiter. Marcus actually had probably heard about us because we represent Team Never Quit in Northwest Ohio region. Our office carries our T&Q flag on all of our runs. My Never Quit story happens to start on March twenty-fourth, two 2013. This was the exact date I became interested in the Marine Corps. A 13-year-old girl now wanted to be a Marine, not a princess. It's kind of funny. I called a recruiter at 13. I took a card from a stand in the mall, and I called a recruiter. And at the age of 13, I told a recruiter I wanted to join. I told him I wanted to go tomorrow. He said I was a little too young, just a little bit, but he did say that I could come to PT and try it one time. I said I would, and I was excited. So at 13, I went to my first Marine Corps PT, and now I'm 16 and doing 15 pull-ups on a normal day. I wouldn't have been able to come this far without that role model, and I'm very thankful for my recruiter. This leads me to my other never-quit story. My 8th grade year in school, I beat all odds to be awarded the honor of laying the wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. That was only the beginning. I recently completed a huge application process to be accepted into the Marine Corps Summer Leadership and Character Development Academy, one out of 300 juniors and seniors from all over the United States. This stuff isn't really normal for a teenage girl. I've had many people tell me that I shouldn't do this. The generation where I'm from doesn't realize what it means to give 100% of yourself at all times. Personally, it doesn't matter what they say. I'm going to be a Marine. That's just how it's going to be. They ask me why I do what I do. I just tell them I believe that I need to serve my country. It is my calling, and I can never quit and give up on my dream. My parents don't like it so much, and the rest of my family doesn't like it, but I won't give it up. This is my life. This is my chance to make my dream a reality. If you never quit, it is amazing what you can do. Nothing can stop you. Absolutely nothing, and your dreams never die. Mackenzie.
1: Dang, girl. That (laughs) is (laughs) so awesome.
5: That's right. That's exactly why. If they ask you why you do what you do,
2: just say exactly. That's what you hit them with. If you've if you got to ask me why, then you can't understand it yet. It's not time for you. Just keep keep living, keep dreaming. And those colors, you're flying. The reason we call them colors is because every color comes in there. Because every color is going to have to go through a hard time. And through the hard times, we get molded into the one things that we are to help each other. I mean, just imagine this thing is one big, beautiful painting, one big, beautiful picture. It's perfect when it's together. But in order to have a perfect picture, you got to break it up and get imperfect pieces. And that's what connects it. And as you go through life, man, each one of these trials, each one of these tribulations, each one of these people that come into your life are designed to test you in some capacity to see if that's the part of the if that's one of your missing pieces, to put your part together. And if it's not, that's okay. You just ran into another piece of the puzzle that now you know what's out there. And those good times and the bad times, like I said, that's that's the same thing. <laughs> I always imagine the cycle of life that you're running in right now is designed for a specific reason. To teach you something about yourself that you need to learn to go into the next piece. To the next piece of the puzzle. And that's part of the dream. Alright? But at no point in time should you ever give up on yourself or the people around you. Especially you ladies. You're the whole reason we're down here doing this. So when you guys start giving up, man, all the guys will give up around you. I mean, so. You guys stay motivated. Y'all are the light. Y'all are the hinge pin. And we kind of revolve around you guys. So don't let anybody tell you that you can't do anything. Treat you badly. Talk back to you disrespect you in any capacity, because trust me, there's some guys out there that, man, we just don't tolerate that. And we're working our way back around to you. So you ladies out there, stay strong. Mackenzie, thanks again for writing in.
1: Yeah, that's so awesome. You're at 16 years old, you inspire me. I just, I love your fire in the gut attitude and keep on doing what you're doing. Tag us on social media so we can follow your journey.
5: Yeah, definitely. And uh, if you want to share your story, you can head over to the website, teamneverquit.com slash podcast. There's a share your story button at the top of the navigation. You can click on it, you can share your story, you can read stories, and uh, so many people write in and ask how they can get, you know, their kids involved in, in in service and things like that. And it's it's kids like this that at 13 years old had the you know the motivation and desire to just pick up the phone and call a recruiter and start start somewhere. So thanks for sharing your story. If you'd like to write in, go ahead and head over to the website. We are supported by Paint Your Life. If you don't know what Paint Your Life is, these guys are freaking awesome. Last year, we started doing some ads for them. I had to put them to the test. Anything we run for you guys in an ad, we make sure that we put it through the ringer. We have to make sure we like it ourselves. And I promise you, PaintYourLife.com, these guys have something cool. They will take a photo that you have. You'll work with an artist, and they'll turn it into a hand-painted portrait. When I got mine, I was blown away with the artist's ability to capture all the detail from the original photo. I I sent them a picture of my dogs, and obviously you know, dogs are pretty detailed in terms of what they should look like, and the painting that they did is amazing. It's totally incredible. If you're looking for a meaningful gift, I'm telling you this is a great thing. You could take a photo of your, your wife, yourself, your children, your grandparents, whatever it may be, send them the photo. Pick an artist whose work you most admire. You get to work with them throughout the whole process until every detail's perfect. They're gonna turn it into a handmade painting. And it's at a price you can afford. It would make the perfect gift for a birthday, an anniversary, a wedding, whatever it may be. If you're looking for a special gift, I'm telling you this right here is the special gift you should get them. There's no risk. That's the coolest part. If you don't like the painting that they do for you, they're gonna refund your money. But I'm telling you right now, That what they sent me was a work of art. And I'm going to cherish it forever. It really is incredible. So if you're looking for a special gift for someone you love or for yourself, maybe some decor for the living room, for your office, whatever it may be, then you should definitely check out PaintYourLife.com. And right now, as always, we're going to give you a limited time offer. They're going to hook you up with 30% off your painting. That's right, 30% off and free shipping. So you don't have to pay to have that big thing mailed. And if you want to get in on this special offer, text the word TNQP. To sixty-four thousand, that's Tnqp to sixty-four thousand. Text Tnqp to sixty-four thousand. What a great interview! What do you guys think about that one? It was right. It was good. A squared away kid.
1: Very squared away. I love his Mr. Miyagi mentality. Um, Marcus is a lot like that, where he wants to teach kids. Uh, Lessons through work, you know, they don't really realize that what they're doing has man, meaning.
2: Yeah, he's getting more like that Jedi thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, out, you know, that Yoda out in the middle of the woods. Like he's like, I couldn't build it out in the middle of the woods, you know, because nobody would come out there. They will now. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, trust me. There's some dudes out there that that's what they live for. Like I want to go find that dude, that, and that's what that's the whole adventure. Finding the one guy that can teach you to become what you are, to break, you know, past all the stuff that everybody else sees. Man, you get back to the to the center part of it, you know, it'll humble you. Man, if you wanna gain everything you gotta give up everything. And you get to the point where you're where you're not reaching and you're not going any higher, man, throw all that stuff away and go on another adventure.
1: Yeah, and I love that he's got such a he surrounds himself with such good people, like his friend that was here, Justin, uh NFL football player, but his degree is in finance, so he yeah. keeps Alex in check and yeah. you know, keeps him humble and makes sure that, you know, he's able to live his dream out. Um, I just I think it's very important for people to surround themselves with good people and always have a mentorship. Even if you're a mentor yourself, you still have to have somebody that you look up to.
5: His whole approach to fitness was cool, and and just the fact that like he's challenged himself in in so many ways. I mean, the fact that he like picked up a phone, called the trainer that trained you know Bradley Cooper, and then took that. And then he started making this his bull riding challenge. I mean, there's just so many things he's done. Yeah. You know, and that's oh, he kind of reminds me
1: of like a. A young mini version of a Goggins you know just always yeah. pushing himself to a limit that he might others might say that he can't do or something
3: yeah he's
2: those guys hey the, the me too movement yeah we're talking about you too I mean we, that's what that's about man yeah y'all as well the young generation the next generation you're looking for something to do we want you to do it there's guys and girls out there that can train you to become anything You're not alone out there. I mean, if you're different, that's great. We're all supposed to be different. Each one of us is supposed to be unique. supposed to look different, you know, similar but different. So don't
5: exclude yourself from anything. Get out there and be a part of everything. Definitely. Well, uh, thanks again uh, for coming back every single week and listening to this show. It means the world to us. And a special thank you to all of our listeners, all of the Team Never Quit community for helping us out over the holidays with sending care packages to our deployed uh, veterans. We sent so many packages out. I've got an email from Joseph and he said that he wanted us to give a shout out to Aunt Lizzie from Joe on the u s s Eisenhower and wanted to thank her for nominating him for a package. so I thought that was really cool that you know it means a lot that you guys come together, and that's why we do this podcast to to support our community. so thank you
1: yeah, I got several uh, messages back from people that we sent stuff to whether. Uh, and we had so many people donate towards the care packages. My pillow donated a hundred pillows. Yeah,
2: man. Mike, them guys are awesome.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, we're not doing an ad for them or anything like that. We just... No, that
2: feels just awesome.
1: Yeah. I reached out asking for a, like a military discount because I was going to purchase them. And instead, they came back and said, yeah. we'll donate these, which was so unexpected and so awesome that they did that. And then the people that received them were like... you. You don't realize the little things that you miss when you're on deployment, but a good pillow is one of them. Um, Black Rifle Coffee donated. A ton of coffee that we sent out. Um,
5: Forged donated some awesome stuff. Oh, man. Hey, look. Forged.
1: Yeah. I mean, we had um, even our locals, uh, Royer's Pies in uh, Round Top, Texas donated a... I mean, hundreds of like these little mini pies that don't go bad for a while. They're uh, the non perishable, you know, they don't have like fruit filling in them. Um, and uh, for Christmas, you know, they got to have a, a fudge brownie pie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little taste of it. It was really cool.
2: I remember my first deployment, I took everything I owned, when I got issued. <laughs> I did, man. You don't know, right? It's like, I need all this. It's stuff. Yeah, towards the last night I had with, like one box and it always had a pillow in it. That, that that deployment pill is huge. Mine was so funky it walked away. I never saw it again. <laughs> After my last deployment, I decided it uh, he was, was going to retire, which is cool. I did too, but probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of sleeping on the ground, I mean, up for days, leaning against the wall, kind of sleeping, some sleep in, man. If you're whenever you get back to you, not even a hot shower. You know, the, most of the water pressure is just heavy enough to pour, like pouring a bottle of water. That's what it is. But you crawl in there and that pillow's in there, man. It's just something to it. It's
3: like ah.
1: Warrior Flask is another one that sent hundreds and hundreds of um, like bottles, like flask bottles or whatever, um, water bottles. And I mean, we don't even know them. They just sent that. It's just, it's really cool how many people came together. And then just like, we had teachers that would have their whole classrooms Write notes to them, just morale boosters. Very, very cool for everybody to do that at Christmas. It took a lot of volunteer hours to package
3: yeah, all, dude. Of, yeah.
1: all of the uh, boxes. So everyone that volunteered, we're just really grateful for y'all. And oh, yeah. Thank you.
5: Yeah, and most importantly, just to the whole team. We guys, we can't do this without you guys, so we just appreciate y'all. Well, we couldn't do it without uh, Anybody. all of you. Yeah, exactly.
2: Right. Every single
5: one of you are crucial. So... Thank you so much for that. If you want to be the first one to know when we drop new episodes, make sure you subscribe to the show. We release episodes every single Wednesday. You can press the purple subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. We're also available on any other major podcast player. And you make sure you be notified when we release new episodes. Make sure to share the episode with a friend if you think that this might motivate them. Hey, this is the episode to share with them. And then share all the other episodes too. There's some really great episodes we've done in the past. We love you guys. Check us back next Wednesday for another awesome episode.
1: I have to give one more shout out Do if it. we could put it in there. <laughs> Jesuit Strake uh, School in Houston—they donated so much stuff. Like the students and the parents uh, did this huge donation collection, um, and a bunch of churches around Houston did big donation collections. I just—I know.
2: I know, but literally, there's, there's a we lot. Need to, there there's is. so many people. Yeah, and we—the way we. Kind of way that we want to look at it, the way we thank you guys is to make sure that we do our jobs on our end. I mean, I, we can't possibly get out there and tell it. But we we will. We're working on it. We'll eventually get around to you. Thank right. you for your. Yeah. Thank you for it.
1: Yeah, thanks.